You are now, now, now tuned into Progressive Action Radio, the most objective show in America, hosted by Tramel Thompson, co-hosted by Jamel Wilson, and DJ Damage is on the wheels of steel. You will never know what to expect when thoughts and wisdom unite. People. Get ready. 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 Progressive action is now live. What's going on out there, world? Cuz, what's up, man? I'm doing good. What's going on, Cuzzo? Everything is good, man. You know, a, a, a good week last week. You know, we had Willie Colon on the show last week. Uh-huh, definitely, yeah. That was, a, that was a great show. Matter of fact, a couple of people came to me, and they told me how informative last week's show was, man. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. You know, shout out to Willie Colon for coming through. He oh, came yeah. through and was, you know, speaking for the, the unheard of. You yeah. know, the, the people who don't, who's not voted in. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, you know, the, 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 the haters was kind of quiet this week. Yeah, I noticed that. <laughs> Where was they at? I don't know. You know I don't know. T- uh, no, Tommy McNally, you know, I could say his name because, you know, he crossed the line mm-hmm. by trying to, if y'all don't know, Tommy McNally got so upset at me that he had contacted my school to try to get me expelled from college. <laughs> you heard what I said? Tommy McNally tried to get me expelled from college by writing a letter talking about what I'm doing with progressive action. I don't know what his mind frame was or is, but it definitely wasn't in the right place. And y'all must recognize that this guy's in the union. This is the guy who's, who represents certain people. He speak up for, for, for certain people, and he's doing irrational things like that. After he did that and got exposed, I noticed the haters went quiet, cuz. I noticed that too. You know, they don't, they don't really try to go back and forth no more because they realize that they got crossed the line. You know what I'm saying? And last week we spoke about the uh, Gilmar and Houses and where the union put that $17.2 million. Yeah, that's a, you know, a mind boggling question also. We would love to know. And I'm sure the members, it is the membership's right to know where that $17 million went, okay? You know, basically, Earl Phillips' name was on the transactions for everything. All over. All over it. And Samuelson was basically, it's like Samuelson is Mr. Untouchable in this whole thing, you know? It reminds you of one of those mob movies where the made man, the man up top is just untouchable, you know? He's touchable. It's just that nobody never really challenged him on that next level to, to, to really see what's going on. But... Samuelson moves funny. Even in his in his uh, life outside of the union, he doesn't sign anything. He uses everybody else's signature, mm-hmm. his wife's signature, and whoever else may have you, they signature. And I guess he know, you know, people who don't like to sign for things, obviously they hide or have ulterior motives about something scared. Somebody may take it. I guess with the union, you know, you have your name on too many things. Um, you know, it probably could come back to bite you in the ass. Because it's mighty funny, he had his name. He didn't have his name on the cell of the Gilmore houses, but his name is all over that fucked up contract he delivered. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and basically, of course, we all know he didn't go back and forth and negotiate it. But no matter what, he's the president. So there's nobody else whose name could be the main, you know. In other words, it's the president of the union 
whose name has to be the main one that signs the contract, you know? Yeah, and he ain't say nothing about that $17.2 million, but he came back running telling us he saved twenty five fifty five with the pension. Exactly. <laughs> really. Oh, that, that was him that did it. Mr. Samuelson that did it. Yeah, but we know he didn't do that. He ain't had nothing to do with that. Wow. So basically, back in 2014, our union came off like fat rats because basically the sale of the... Okay, no. Let's do it in chronological order. Hold okay, on. Okay. Hold on. The, the Cuomo contract got thrown in our faces in April of 2014. Okay. Basically, the membership ratified it in April. Okay. And then the contract took effect in May. And then in June and July... That's when the transactions took place at the sale of the building. So now, basically, from the, the reason we talk about the contract is because you're talking about um, the union got six million dollars from um, the MTA in the side letter agreement in the contract, okay? Plus that seventeen million from the gift sale of the Gilmartin houses. So that's what twenty three point something million dollars. I don't think the MTA knew about the sale of the Gilmartin houses. Well, no, because that's again that was a TWU thing. They had MTA had nothing to do with that. Yeah, I don't even think they even knew. A lot of the average membership didn't know because <laughs> in the last seven days since we talked about it on the last show, I've spoken with numerous, numerous rank and file members with with. Different amounts of time. I asked. I asked one guy today in the Bronx. He he got like twenty nine, twenty eight years of the job. I said, "Yo, did you know anything about the Gilmore houses?" He said, "No," but he said somebody else put him onto it. I said, "Really?" See, and 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 I just want to know where the money went. You know, Nick Bedell. He has said, "Well, you should ask your uh, ask the e board." Why nobody ain't speaking about it though? I don't know. What is it to hide? I mean, it's not even showing on the LM2s, the sale of the building. I haven't seen it. And, and I looked from 2009 to now, 2015, LM2s. Really? Yeah, I, I didn't see anything. I mean, it should be easy to spot. You should see a bonus or a plus of 17 point something million dollars. Exactly. It's, 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 it's supposed to show up as, a, not as revenue, but it's supposed to show up as a, you know, as a sale. And 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 basically, I would love to know what do they do with that money. I mean, twenty fourteen. You know, basically, they can't say that it had to do with something with the sale of, uh, well, excuse me, with the purchase of the Union Hall because the purchase of the of excuse me, one ninety five Montague Street was done. That transaction took place in twenty twelve, I believe, right before the um, you know, you know, right before you know, so that they could look good for the election. That election, that's that's when they did it. Yeah, and but. I think that they was in the process of selling um, the Gilmore houses. What they could have done was waited off to the sale and got us something better than two floors. You could have at least got us six floors with an extra $17 million. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? I need y'all, this is what I need y'all to do, though. I need y'all to go to progressiveaction.info, and I need y'all to vote. And let me know, is TWU Local 100 President John Samuelson and his administration doing a good job. Right now, everybody is saying no at 76.24%, and there's 12.87% that's saying yes, and 10% that's saying I don't know. What did you vote, cuz? Is he doing a good job? Yeah. <laughs> I voted no. And if, and if I could have wrote hell no, I would have wrote it, okay? Bottom line. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you know that that was a funny question. You know what I'm saying? I don't know, man. I got I got to check the people around me, man. I got to see who who the hell voted yes. Right. I got I, I, I can't trust nobody right now. People voting yes. Mm-hmm. No, I mean people did vote him back in office, at least allegedly. Yeah. We, we don't really know. You know, Barbara Donhart, the um, I don't know if to say the neutral or the unneutral monitor. Yeah. She got paid for three days. I need y'all to listen to this. She got paid for three days, sixty something thousand dollars. Three days of work. I'm obviously in the wrong business right now. Yeah. Three days, sixty something thousand dollars, and I went online, and I found her per, per diem, her her per diem pay schedule, where she get paid for the day, is eighteen hundred dollars. So her per diem is eighteen hundred dollars. How did she get sixty something thousand from the union for three days? Some don't sound right there. No, of course not. Because her, her think about this: eighteen hundred dollars for for a day, and the union paid her sixty plus. It may have been seventy thousand. I don't know the exact number. I have to check the LM twos. But she got paid a lot of money to do not a fair job and cheat. I felt that, you know, the whole Donald Yates thing with him forging people's signatures, you know, you can't forge people's signatures in America, at least that's what I think. But, you know, there's a reason why they swept that up under the rug because people got, I believe they got skeletons in the closet and, you know, things will hit the fan soon. People will start telling on each other. And, you know, uh, like I said, this is a contract year, so we need y'all to pay strict attention to what's going to go on this year. Samuelson, according to him, he said that he's not going to go to the table to negotiate till November. And a deadline is a deadline. Our contract is due what day? January what? January 15th. 2017. 2017. He said he's going to the table in November the guy who's telling you this, John Samuelson, has never negotiated a contract a day in his life. MTA President John Loder said it. Joe, was it Joe Loder? Yeah, Joe Loder. Joe Loder said it. Um, the stalling tactics that he pulled in 2014, and we got the paperwork to show that the MTA was more than willing to sit down at the table. No, 2012. Carl. 2012? Yeah, 2012. The stall tactics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 because yeah, yeah, I came in in 13, so yeah. So the store tactics was in 2012, mm-hmm. and um, the MTA we got we got paperwork that showed that the MTA was more than willing to sit at the table with this guy, and he basically ran and stalled until he seen what was gonna happen with him in the international. And you know he delivered us a horrible contract. He even delivered it. Cuomo delivered it. He went to Cuomo crying to give us a contract. And that's why, you know, we got what we got, 8.5%, whatever it was. Long Island Railroad got 17-something percent. And um, people was like, oh, we are, we are, TWU Local 100 is the leading um, force in this industry, in the transportation industry. That can't be if our union can't get us the biggest percentage in the industry. Whoever represents Long Island Railroad, they are the leaders of the industry, not Local 100. You agree, right? Yeah, you know, um, people say that you know Local 100 is the um, 
is the is the leader as far as uh is the is like the big brother that all the other unions look up to because we have a lot of power. TW our rank and file at TW Local One Hundred, we have the power to where if we walk off the job, um, we can really um sh- you know, we can shut down the city, we can shut down the economy. A lot of things shut down when we don't come to work. Um, basically, the Taylor Law was created off of off of our backs because when we struck back in when the TWU Local 100 struck 50 years ago in 1966, um, though the rank and file back then led under Quill was bound by the Conlon Wadlin Act, and under that act, um, it wasn't like the Taylor Law by right. If all those workers was supposed to have been fired, you know, if you walk off the job, but of course. You, you know, you're not going to fire 34,000 workers and then you don't have nobody to get the system up and running the next day. So basically, they, um, you know, when they went back to work, they had fines or whatever, but they came out victorious in that contract. You know, those those old timers, they went on record on, on they went on record as saying so. They said that it made them men, you know. Um, but what I'm saying is that after that strike, that's when the Taylor Law came to be. And the name Taylor Law came from, a, I believe, a professor um, that was named Taylor that helped to come up with that law that says that we um, that a, stri- a striking union would, you know, be um, subject to fines and the union leader and, and well, the, the union leaders would be subject to jail time and et cetera, et cetera, you know. So, you know, that's what I mean when I say um, – we are the we're supposed to be the big brothers and that, that everybody else looks up to. But basically, you know, through the after the Tucson administration, uh, this union has gotten soft. And, you know, and, I, and, I, and I'm going to say that, you know, with these guys in office now, it's like they're a bunch of wimps. They don't go to the table. They don't negotiate contracts. They don't uphold. Th- they don't uphold things that's in the contract. They don't help the members out. They don't return calls. They don't, it's like they just don't do diddly squat. Everything, any and everything has, has happened under this administration. We've um, dr- drastic cuts and busted subway service, and they're still allowing it to go down. Um, an, incre- an increase in our medical contribution in the contract, an increase on the um, wage progression scale for, you know, for new hires. Um, they dropped the ball on Tier 6. They allowed new members to basically have to you, you, right have to wait five years to, to be on the progressive scale that, and they also have to wait uh and you know they you know they also have to pay more money into the pension so it's a whole lot of things that basically have been lost with this current administration you know and basically um hopefully we could hopefully something could happen to where things could turn around you know but definitely there is you know there are a lot of disparities because between us and um, the Long Island Railroad and Metro North, and definitely the pay is one of them because, you know, people talk about pattern bargaining, and pattern bargaining is ridiculous when you talk as opposed to tr- comparing us to uh, sanit- uh, other unions, sanitation, uh, police department, fire department, uh, corrections, you name it, DC 37, 1199. The only ones who we really should be compared to is, again, Long our, right, Long, Long Island, Island Railroad and Metro North because we're all in the transportation field. And if, every, and if everything is fair, okay, then as, as far as percentages, give 
when it comes contract time, give us all a 17% raise, TA and OA, as well as Metro North and Long Island Railroad. You know what I'm saying? So basically, there's no fairness and there's no equality there because why do we have to give up so much concessions? You know what I'm saying? Because basically, we make more money and we come out the gate make, making money as, as, soon as, as soon as we're brand new on the job. A brand new bus operator coming out the gate is making money right away. A brand new station agent coming off, you know, coming out of training is making money right away. So there's no reason why we have to suffer and we have to give up all these concessions when Long Island Railroad and Metro North, they don't carry nowhere near the amount of people that we do. They don't, um, you know, they carry nowhere near the amount of people that we do. And they bring in nowhere near the amount of revenue that we do. The only thing they have up on us is that they do the miles. Hold on one second, Cons. Oh, hold on one second. Introduce our guest. Man. Yes, you was, you yes, was, you yes. Was, you was rambling away, I man. Know, What's yes. up with you, man? Yes, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everybody. Yes, our guest just walked in the building. It's a. It's, of course, it's a holiday weekend, so people are getting out, and everybody was stuck in traffic. But our guest here tonight finally made it. Uh, Mr. The lovely Miss Elizabeth Rodriguez. And we got back to progressive action, Mr. Joseph Campbell. What's up, everybody? <laughs> Hello, everyone. All right. How you doing, Liz? I'm doing just fine. All right. Joe, Joe is like the, um, the third host. Yeah, right? <laughs> I know. Is this number six? I lost track. I don't know. Yeah, something like that. I just know they get mad when Joe come on the show. I know. Oh, yeah. you can't find no more guests? Exactly. Who cares? Y'all not progressing. <laughs> yeah, we not progressing when Joe is on the when show. When Joe is on the show, right. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> But every time Joe come, he brings new information. It's not like it's a it's a what they call that a re- repeater, repetitive information. No, yeah, it's, it's not, not, it's not a broken tape or nothing like that, right? Exactly, it's always new information. They you scared know? of you, Joe. <laughs> they should be. And we got the feisty Liz Rodriguez. Oh here. yes, she attacked me at Stillwell when I talked about education. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, she well, I had a nice time with a birthday party on Sunday up in City Island. It was nice. I had a real I, I, good time. I wasn't in, I wasn't invited. Was it, was, it, was it a surface bus thing? No. I, I did mention to you to invite him. Oh, you ain't, you ain't want me to come. You know I was home. <laughs> oh, man. Under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I think I, I honestly forgot. <laughs> he, he forgot, right? Honestly. The person I speak to every day forget. <laughs> <laughs> we got to have a talk when, he, when, when I end the show. We got to have a talk. Oh, wow. <laughs> How you doing, Liz? I'm doing just fine. Thank you for having me here today. I'm, I'm happy that you made it. Thank you. We waited so long. You you know, you pushed us back. She said, I need time. Was she on, you on vacation now or something like that? Yes, I'm on All vacation. All right, that's what he's doing. See, you told me that. Yeah, I told you that. You yes. ain't tell me about her party, though. I told you. I know when she on vacation, but I don't know when her party is. <laughs> well, she works. She's on vacation. And she work, I told you she works a night bus, right? Yeah, I work a night bus. Yeah, he gave me your whole schedule and everything. <laughs> Except the party. Except the party. <laughs> <laughs> now, what's going on today? Wow. What's going on? Introduce your guests. These these your guests. Well, I, yeah, you know. Well, like I said, uh, of course, everybody knows Joe. Yeah. He's from. He's a car inspector yeah. from the car equipment department. But we we'll bring we we'll bring Liz here today. Well, what brings Liz here today is basically she is from uh, Map Store Division Two now. She yes. used to work with us in Division One in Manhattan. So now she's up in Gun Hill Depot with uh, with, you know, with the likes of Marshall and all of them up there. So basically miss elizabeth rodriguez is gonna is here to talk about a few things you know oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah definitely you know we're gonna elaborate a lot of things hopefully we're gonna elaborate more on the gilmartin houses um but we're gonna talk about um m3 technologies 
We're going to talk about the elections, of course. Um, we're going to talk about the OA and TA surface uh, consolidation and the real history and the, and, the, and, the, and the real deal behind the separation of OA and TA because a lot of people in the system don't know. A lot of people in the system don't know that we exist at MapStore. That's the crazy thing, you oh, know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, Mapstore used to run the union back in the day, back at, you know, like after the Quill era in, in, in like the 70s and the 80s, you know, with Sonny Hall and Willie James and all, and Damaso Seda. That, you know, those are all surface presidents. But uh, when Roger took over, that basically broke the, you know, that basically broke that mold, <laughs> you know? And believe me, those guys hated that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, uh, but so basically, we talk about seniority. Uh, and basically bike share and pedicab. So basically, we have a few, you know, we have a lot of stuff. Yeah. We have a lot of great things that we're going to touch on tonight. And I, be, and I really believe Ms. Rodriguez is going to really t tackle these subjects. Okay. Yeah. Liz, you was there when they, um, the votes was counted? Oh, yes, I was. Oh, yeah? Because yeah? I, I can't imagine them kicking you out the building. Well, they certainly did. I, we, were, we were there, um, actually started early, like, 10 o'clock? Speaking to the mic, Liz. Sorry. Yeah, they need to hear you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was there all throughout from the beginning, in, early in the morning to about 10 o'clock at night. So, yeah, I was uh, monitoring all the, uh, the, uh, the spots. It was, it was like, uh, you know, they limited the amount of people that could be in the count room. Yeah. I mean, except for them. They, you know, they, they had staff and all kinds of, you know, people in there that shouldn't really even have been in there. But we were allowed to have a couple of people in, so our attorney was in there and Liz was in there to make sure that, you know, things were going all right and if, if we needed to bring up any issues that, um, you know, we could bring it up. You know, I mean, she would recognize what, you know, she was experienced the last time, so she would recognize if there was any uh, funny business going on. Yeah. And there was a lot of funny business yeah. going on. Liz, what did you run for in, um, under Campbell Slate? Secretary Tri oh. <laughs> I'm a little nervous because I'm not used to. <laughs> you know what usually happens? Our guests usually come back twice because right. they get the jitters off the first time. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just it's regular conversation. It's, it's nothing. Yeah. It's nothing to be Secretary nervous. Secretary Treasurer. Okay. Uh, yeah, with Joe on 2012 and 2015. Oh, two times. Yes. Okay, you got a lawyer one here, Joe. Yeah. Um. It was. It was. It was cool when I. Um. She came recommended to me. I. I wanted when we were running in 2012. I wanted to have a. Um. A treasurer that was actually qualified. To be a treasurer? Oh, trust me. She told me she was qualified. Yeah. She ran down her credentials at Stillwell. Well, Tramel, Tramel put us on the spot. <laughs> well, what's your education and what makes you qualified to be a president? So I was like, Liz, get over here. Tell them what you got. And then, you know, when it was all said and done, she has enough for all of us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because all the Spanish came out of her that day. I was about to ask her, where the pasteles and acapulli at? Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So anyway, I was, you know, I was really happy that, you know, she had, um, she, she was excited to run with us. A lot of people, you know, they, they, they get shy about it and like, oh, well, you know, how much is that of my life is that going to take away from me? Um, but, you know, her qualifications made her more than qualified uh, to actually be the treasurer. She was, she's even qualified to be the uh, controller of the, of the union, which, you know, usually the treasurer is just somebody like that we have now just walking around, you know, with his head in the cloud and everybody else does the work. She could do the work. He definitely looks like a zombie. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> she could do the work because I know I can vouch for Liz where, you know, she, you know, she has an excellent accounting business and she's also does um, Primerica. And Primerica, if, if I didn't mention it before, is a financial is a financial organization that does they invest people's money 
they do life insurance for people and a variety of other of a variety of other uh, products. Products, right? So, and we used to work together ten years ago. We was on the same team. We worked out of the same office and everything. So I already, so we I already know that we have a history. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's amazing. You <laughs> got a history, but you ain't invite me to a party. <laughs> I'm upset about that. Oh my goodness, man! <laughs> I'm upset about that. Right. So, Liz, what bothers you with this M3 technology thing? Well, the fact that the product shouldn't be out here for the members. Um, when w- <laughs> just I'm a little freaking nervous. Don't worry about it, Liz. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> I mean, I'm talking into the mic. It's not like when you're talking to someone, you yeah. know. Well, just look at, let me move my computer so you can, <laughs> so you can look at me and talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, it's the product that, you, that they sell to the membership. Even though it's a group, you know, it's being provided for the whole membership. The product itself is not a good product. It's a whole life product with, with the insurance company actually keeps your cash so you never get it. You know, so you can't get people think that they have that you have a savings and an insurance product. If you die, then your your family gets the um, the insurance amount yeah. and the cash, and it doesn't work like that, right? Because you passed, so therefore the insurance company is recovering the cost on the cash value. So you get one or the other. So you always lose. It's never a savings. What we do is different. We separate. If you're going to have, you want a saving, we actually put your money aside into an account that grows over time, and then you have full coverage for your life insurance to leave behind for your families and so on. So that's the problem with the 3M technology. So they're making millions and millions of dollars on the entire membership. When you're looking at 42,000 members, you're talking about millions of dollars that insurance 3M technology is actually keeping. So it's not a good thing for us as a member. There are other products out there that we can actually uh, introduce to the membership that is more valuable. That's very, that's very interesting. Yeah, very interesting. What do you think about that, Joe? Yeah, well, we, um, you know, we were very critical of them, especially since um, you know, Samuelson violated the uh, 2003 e-board decision to get M3, or what they were called back then, off the property and get Transamerica out. Um, because, like Liz says, they're selling an inferior product to the members. And, you know, I mean, the crime of it is, too. I mean, it's, it's good insurance if you can't pass a physical. Exactly. I mean, then you're automatically in it. So I would hate to tell somebody, dump this insurance, but they're not, they don't qualify for anything else. But if you can pass a physical, almost any other insurance is better than this. Absolutely. In the state of California, they were sued by... Um, uh, people that have gone through what our members can expect in the future by expecting a cash value at the end, actually selling the insurance as a pension plan. And I remember exactly. they did that to us. Um, th- this insurance had had so many different names, Colonial Penn, or, you know, I mean, all William Penn, you know, but it was always the same scam. Um, they showed you how much money you're going to put in. They showed you how much money you would accrue, and then at the end they would say like it was a 401k, and then these would be your monthly payments, and it would be a pension um, supplement, like uh, your 401k 457. But in the end, it's not really that, because as you get older, and they don't tell you uh, to increase your um, contribution to your insurance to keep your same level insurance, they start taking it from your cash value. Then when you get to a certain point and you're expecting that cash to be there, it's not there. And then they tell you, well, you know, you didn't, 
You know, we had to take from there to keep your insurance up. Now, in California, they started suing for that. Here in New York, our members will find out about it eventually. It's hard to go and do a class, act, class action suit for something that hasn't happened yet. But we know that by, by staying vigilant, we, we might be able to prevent it. By losing this leadership, we could definitely change it. But for the most part, if it continues on like this, eventually somebody's going to be suing somebody. And it might be 20 years from now. But the members have to understand right now that they're getting duped. Mm -hmm. And the other, of course, shameful part of this whole thing is that when new members come in the door and you have the Prudential guy or lady sitting over there with the 401-457 where the members should be pointed because it's, it's, it's the real thing, they're pointed at the insurance because that's getting kicked back to the union. I'm not accusing anybody of bribes um, yet. But <laughs> it's, it's, let's just say it's coming back in other ways. Yeah. Um, but but it's profitable to the union to sell M3 Technologies wares like Transamerica, and it does nothing for the union, but a lot for the membership to allow them into a 401k 457 and tell them the real deal. And then it's exclusively sold because no no other ones is on the property. Mm -hmm. What I understand. Yeah, and I I'm not aware of. Uh, the due diligence that, that, that was supposed to happen where three companies are, are compared and you pick the best one and the executive board approves it. I think that we bypassed that whole thing and just brought that old ghost back on the property again. Now, let me ask you a question with the Transamerica thing uh, or M3 Technologies. Is that like a, also a supplemental insurance for like if I get hurt on the job, they'll help me pay or whatever I paid into, they'll do that too, that's, right? That's an additional product that they sell. Because I, bought, I bought that myself. Yeah. That's a disability insurance. Yeah, that's yeah. disability insurance. Yeah, I, I have brought that myself. I got mine through MCU. I didn't even go to, you know, my short-term my short -term insurance. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. everyone should have short-term uh, insurance. They should. But if you're going to really look at um, and saying, well, if I'm spending a thousand dollars per year and I done that for five years and I have not utilized it you can actually set aside the same amount of money and have it accessible to you because it only pays once you know yeah. what I mean oh, so you oh, put really? five thousand dollars what you're doing now too I had it and and I just kind of take uh, didn't use it anymore and, and discontinue it because it doesn't make any sense I had a client that had that was paying about thirteen thirteen hundred dollars a year 10 years that's 13,000 she only used it once right now you went up back up right so wow. once every time you use it you now it increases in, in in cost right wow so i tell her well let's just stop that and find another means so that you can put the same amount set aside the same amount 80 dollars that you're putting away and now you have it accessible to you so even though it's a good product you have to really look at it and say is it worth it the long-term effect yeah. have i invested that kind of money what 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 other options should I have had that it would have been available to me immediately? Yes. And I had my own 13000 rather than 1800 Yeah, that's crazy. You know what I mean? That's great. So there are other means. Did you, did you ever take a look at the LM2s? Well, I've been, taking, I've been looking at it since 2012. Um, but we have to be very cautious when we actually make statements like that, simply because that's a financial statement. You don't have all the details. Yeah. But we can actually say, well, I comment like you guys do on the salary. Of course, because these are elected officers, and we want to hold them accountable for you know what we're paying. Because yeah. it's actually 
our union dues money that's paying their salary. They exactly. work for us. We don't work for them, but we have forgotten that. Um, I have seen uh, the purchases. Uh, there's more to just that LM2 because we, we're part of the uh, local, but part of our negotiation that has pa- uh, that we have earned, um, we have also to look at the uh, upgrade, right? Upgrade, child and upgrade, mm-hmm. the widow's phone, uh, the uh, Gilmartin houses. Everything has to come back into that one particular local yeah. 100 LM2s. So there's a lot of stuff there missing. So you have people in the background, different accountants, different accounting firms filing 990s. Right, so you don't get to see the entire picture. You don't see the consolidation of all the ship appear on the LM2. So yeah, you guys make statements, good, you know, on on a lot of different areas, and I was very um, impressed that you got information that I have located, okay. like the uh, 990s from uh, 2008 that yeah. was signed by Israel Rivera. Yeah, I, I have that in my stock too. Oh, I, wow. I, I, okay. <laughs> I, I dug through that. Yeah. I, I, I dug to find that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys are doing a really, really good job in exposing a lot of the information. Yeah. Um, but we have to be very cautious because, you know, we don't have the entire picture of what, you know, we can say, well, this actually happened, you know, but we're actually picking up the pieces and putting them together. Do you think? Something in particular that would stop the union from putting the sale of the Gilmore houses into into the LM2s itself? Well, the thing is that somehow in 2008 and prior to that, there was a loophole in the tax code. And whoever the tax accountant was actually found it. So we are losing data from 2008 forward, Mm. right? Because it's allowed. You didn't have to expose it. It's still a 990 somewhere. But what I think is whoever was managing the property, because if you look at it, it's a different uh, pers- uh, a company or it's not uh, T- uh, TWU, it's not Gil Martin. From what year? From the 2008 that you, Uh-oh. if you look at it, someone else is not. Yeah. It's whoever was managing actually was filing the tax return. Uh-huh. So we lose all data from that point on. So we can retract what actually happened. Uh, the expenses, how the uh, the uh, Gil Martin was run, what was the income coming through? We don't have any financial state uh, data. It stops in 2008. That's something that we have to ask Samson. What happened? Where the paperwork? Because we're entitled to that. I, I think the name of that company was Silver Tree Residential or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's the company from um, Tennessee. They and they they got a few properties: um, Baltimore, Connecticut, New York. They got a few properties, a few places. Yeah, they wound up purchasing it, right? Yeah, they actually managing the property now. They the current. They the current managers, or did they buy it off us? Did they buy our share? They they bought it because that's who bought it. The, okay. Um, well, they bought. Okay. They brought it. Yeah, mm-hmm. they okay. brought it. They got it cheap. Because even if you look at the front of the building, I don't know if y'all seen it. It don't say TWU no more, of course. Of course It just not. say Gilmartin Houses. It always has that. It, wait, it took, no, it always said Gilmartin, but they took TWU off, huh? Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I didn't see no, um, I didn't see, I mean, it's obvious they had to. They don't own the property no more. Yeah, it was, right. well, I mean, when I took a picture of it, we had already lost it, and I think that was yes. in t- uh, 2014. It's still, they, it took them a while to get that TWU off there. I but got, we were got, we were very sad about how we uh, about losing that property. Not a lot of people knew about the property because I didn't. I didn't. Know. I, of course, right. I didn't. Right, and that's what. <clears throat> and I and I made sure I told Trebell that's why we should lean on this because 
this is something they didn't broadcast to the membership. You know? No, they didn't even broadcast it to the executive board. To the executive, right? They well, were like, "Oh, uh, we sold this property, uh, seventeen million. Oh, we had to give away seven. We kept ten. Uh, pizza let me, time. Let me tell you, you something. Know, that Nick, was it. Nick Bedell told me to ask the executive board, "Where's the money?" How do you ask the executive board? <laughs> he acted like they voted on it or something. Yeah. He said, "Ask the." He said, "Ask the executive board." You're supposed to like knock on the door and ask him something. <laughs> you can't <laughs> but, get in there. Let me tell you something that's interesting on the sale of that the property. Um, and this goes back to the law firm, the uh, the union, the union lawyers. I think they based out of Long Island or whatever the case is. Um, if if I'm if correct me if I'm wrong, because you probably know better than me. The sale of 80 West End happened, okay. and then a, then a few years later, they sold the building for more money. And I heard that the same law firm was involved, part of the union or whatever. And I think Toussaint fired them. Oh, yeah, that was the same guys that I remember I told you about that gray, dusty guy that was in the corner during that Jack and Margie hearing that guy. OK, he was involved in the original sale and then the resale. Oh, no, he was he was he was the lawyer on both sides. That's crazy. I know that's, that, that's how that's weird. But I, I'm from what I understand, Tucson sued them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and actually they settled out of court, whatever the case was, for a few hundred thousand dollars. And then as soon as uh, Samuelson came in with that take back our union, he took back those same lawyers. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's automatic sign of a crook. Exactly. Well, I mean, yeah, but you want, you know, I mean, you want birds flying together, you know, same birds flying together. You don't want to have honest people and dishonest people in the same room. That's like dogs and cats in a barrel. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's just like the union, ha- the members have to wake up and pay attention to the little nuances that's going on with us because that's strange. Yeah. Why would you do that? Especially if he snaked to me. The, them lawyers snaked us. There's no way you'd be a part of a deal, sell it for this amount, and then they resell it and get a bigger amount. Who's getting these kickbacks? We already Cause, know. Cause that it, law firm it, got major kickbacks, of yeah, course. Yeah, it's crazy. Right. And are, are those same lawyers involved with the sale of 195 that's I mean, a the, the purchase of one ninety five. That's a good question. That's a good question. I don't know because it's something definitely strange with that. Nick Bedell should know, right? <laughs> <laughs> he should. He should know. He should. He probably went to school with one of them, right? I have to dig into that. I have to go into my internet and dig deep to see. I got to look into that. The the, the the that Nick Bedell friend firm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because well, I wouldn't have known that either. <laughs> Nick Bedell hit me on email and was like, you know. It was by coincidence the deal was three-fourths done. Then I found out that a guy I went to school with was on the deal. So, all right, you yeah. found out three-fourths done. Obviously, there's four-fourths to make it a whole. <laughs> Your one-fourth added to make it a whole then. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. how else would it went down? Yep. Unbelievable. So now let's get into other aspects of M3 technologies that the union uses. Like, um, I think, uh, the tuition reimbursement. And the and 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 other other things. I know those calendars that they have have the M three technologies on there and, uh, and the logo too. on there. The scholarships. Yeah, but that's the, that's 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 chump change. Them they make that in a in a minute. You know, th- the time that it took you to say that, they already made that fifty thousand dollars. So <laughs> you know, and I and wow. I found that kind of strange. I mean, I'm not against anything that's going towards school and helping people pay for tuitions, whatever it is, a dollar, a thousand, but fifty thousand is kind of shorthand. When you think about the money that they make. Mm-hmm. You know that, I mean, even, even Samuelson, the loyal people in car equipment, you know, were questioning the, um, in one of the division meetings, were questioning 
you know, maybe we can, you know, squeeze this company for a little more. Now, one of the guys um, stood up and said that he has a, a daughter that has special education needs. And she's not in college, so doesn't qualify for any scholarship that, you know, that, that, that any vendor's paying for. And wanted to know if, uh, you know, make a motion that go on the executive board that says that um, new M3 technology, you know, has to kick in some money to special needs children's uh, requirements, financial requirements. And I, I, to this date, I don't think any, I, I'll, I know our executive board members brought it up there, but I don't know if, if, if their board ever voted on it or they have any intention of approaching, you know, this cash cow and asking them, hey, you know, can you fork any money over this way for this? But um, even so, I mean, come on. The millions and millions and millions they're making and to make a big fuss about giving 50 people $1,000, you know, that's, that's ridiculous. I, you know, they can, they, can, they can cough up more than that. Oh, of course, you know. But um, also now with bike share, right? This is, a, you know, like this is a crazy thing that I see, right? From what I understand, Jay Walder, who was the former CEO of the MTA, who actually laid off our members uh, back in 2010, is the head of Bike Share now. Wow. So now basically Samuelson is basically, and Nick Bedell and them is going crazy <laughs> taking on Bike Share people. Now I'm saying to myself, you as a trade, you as a president of a trade union like ours, why would you want to do business with a man who laid off your members six years ago, tell me. <laughs> but Joe, let me ask you this. Your boy, Ar Ar you call him Artie, that's why I say that's your boy. Artie say um, that Patterson is responsible for the layoffs because he put uh, Walder in place. Jay Walder, yeah. <laughs> he put him in place. <laughs> what the hell is that about? <laughs> Artie, I, you know, I, I love Artie. Artie's very difficult to deal with. His friends know that, so I, I'm not saying anything secret. Artie will argue for the sake of arguing. His name should be Argie. You know? <laughs> Argie. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's crazy. <laughs> if you say white, he says black. You say blue, he says red. I mean, that's just Artie. <laughs> I was confused with him at first because it seemed like he was – then he come down on us at first when we first started. Yeah. And I was like, what's going on? Now, he, now he's starting to like – And I'm going to tell you something else that he said that confused me. And if you remember I told you, we, we talked about it the other day. Artie said that Transit is a subsidiary of the MTA. Yeah. It's a company within it's the MTA. It's a, it's, exactly. It's an agency within the MTA, <laughs> not a subsidiary. No, it's right. not. Yeah, there's a difference. And yeah. there's a difference. See, he said he typed it. I wish I wish I would have I wish I would have <laughs> screenshotted it. You remember it's I told you that? It's still, it's still there. It's still there. Yeah. I told you that. You told me that, yeah, right? Yeah, because he came at me and was trying to tell me that. That's what I was, like, what what I was talking about. We was talking about Long Island Railroad and Right, we was talking about That's when you typed that thing, Joe. Oh, about um, yeah, about you know how the MTA budgets. Yeah, and, yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's exactly. And what they it was. put the money out how how they see fit, and mm -hmm. and and the different agencies, New York City Transit, Metro North, um, Long Island Railroad will get what they decide they get, you know, and and they lay off who they laying off, and who do they pick on? They picked on the king punk of presidents, and <laughs> and you know, I mean, that's really as simple as I can say it. That that's how the layoffs went down. You know, yeah. the one thing I don't understand, and I had this talk with um, Nick Bedell today actually about bike share. Why would they take on bikes? That's it's a seasonal job. What happens in the winter when it's cold? Of course, the ridership drops with bikes. Why didn't you take on Uber 
or what's that new one, Lyft mm-hmm. or anything like that. He said that it was too hard for them to organize cab drivers, basically. ATU did it. Yeah, he said it, it, it took too much money. Y'all guys ain't got no problem spending money nowhere else. You know, and, and that's just it, right? I mean, it costs too much money for who? We have a whole international that we pay a third of our treasury to. I mean, they're not, they're not a, a union that takes care of membership. They're a main office. So they couldn't kick any money back for organizing? I mean, I, I, I thought that that was their purpose. I mean, besides Washington, you know, legislative business, their purpose is to help us organize. If we're organizing New York City Uber, fine. If, if, if somebody else is organizing Miami Uber, then, then it is what it is. Um, but, but they should be, if we say, wow, we got 33,000 people that we're going to organize, you know, in Uber, um, we, need some, we need some cash because we spend it on, you know, cheeseburgers and shit. Um, <laughs> Nebraska, Nebraska Steakhouse. Nebraska yeah. Steakhouse burgers. <laughs> Grass-fed burgers. Grass-fed, right. yeah. <laughs> it's, you know what it is. Think about this, right? You know, and I'll, I'll use the S word even though there's been like, how many injunctions do I have now? Three against me for saying, but... Um, you know, if you were ever talking about, you know, civil disobedience in the future, work stoppages, things like that, one of the things that, you know, the Republic would want to use to move, you know, people throughout the city with, with, with work stoppage and public transportation would be Uber. Um, I, I would think that just controlling that is, is something that, you know, brings you so much more power and prestige exactly. in the city, if for nothing else. But bicycles, you, not, don't get me wrong. And I, I don't want to make fun of the guys that do the job. I'm sure they work hard and, you know, and they deserve a union too. Um, and, I, and I don't want to see the union taking advantage of them, which is what I see them doing. Exactly. And I, I'm going to feel really bad. They're going to be turned off on a whole labor movement when we get done with them. But, um, you know, they're not – and they should, they should – everybody should be union. But this Uber thing was – I have a feeling that, you know, certain, certain people in the local – are about clean air and Nick Bedell. We, we not we not we're not <laughs> it's, about it's we're not filters with we're, we're, we're transportation and not you know not every part of transportation is clean air right yeah. um so we should have really went that way I that's that was a big ball drop wow I, I, I mean along with the clean air like you said let's let's be realistic the pedicab drivers are mostly Africans not African-Americans but Africans from the motherland Africa who not probably don't even have their papers. They not go fuss and want about much. And they just going to be happy to be a part of a, the idea of a union, be a part of something. You know what I'm saying? They'll be easy to manage. You go take their money and they not go complain. It's, it's a free steal for them, mm-hmm. for the union. I know. It's going to be like they're going to feel like, well, I got to pay this big. You know, to keep what I'm doing, that kind of thing, instead of the other way around. But one of the things we talked about, especially exclusively on your page, right, was um, talking about Chicago, Boston, you know, having city bike outside the city. And how, and how do we, you know, you, how do we service them as a union other than just to hold them hostage for their votes? Yeah, it's going to be hard. It, like, if you run, how you go touch those people out there? In, in these desolate locations from us outside the city. And the thing is this, what we have to do is get in contact with them and make sure they hold Local 100 responsible for their issues. Absolutely. So they can see for themselves, because if that is three years before the next, I guess, running, right? Well, actually, two and a half. Two and a half, yeah. 
so much ground could be covered from us to make sure that that happened because those votes could swing. A lot of stuff happened in two and a half years. Those votes could swing, so they whole idea could blow up in their face. Oh yeah, definitely. big time. With with that's why what I didn't tell a lot of people is that I'm actually organizing throughout the United States with the ProgressiveAction.info people in Texas. I got them about to start writing articles, and I asked them they issues. They have the same issues like us. The good old boy club, discipline. It's not only us. So if we could unify this thing like in the United States national type thing, it'd be easy for us to mobilize. Sure. You know what I'm saying? And that's that's the goal. And you even you wrote a great article for the website, which did very well in the num- numbers wise. We're looking for more from you, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to put you on the spot like that, but we need more Joe Campbell articles. Don't you agree, Joe? Oh, yeah, yes. definitely. Because the Gil Barton article You're was You're not was off fire. the hook, Liz. <laughs> You're not off the hook. Well, Liz is very busy. So she, so I, I kind of don't, I, I don't put her on the hook. She, she's another one that tells oh, wait, me on, what to on, do. Wait, hold on, yes. hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Liz got her own mic. She needs to tell me that she's very oh, okay. busy. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, she does. You tell me everything but the party. You're telling me that you're busy. Well, I made time to be here, so anything that I can do. Thank you, Liz. I'm here. Okay. Thank you, Liz. I'm here for you guys. Thank you. Now, you know, for everybody in buses, right, um, Let's talk about 126th Street. I can't, you know, I can't talk about it enough in the seniority and, 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 and legally what's going on here with 126th Street. You know, first of all, the building is still standing. Um, from, what, from what I understand, um, now, they want to, now the authority wants to keep it. I don't know what's going on. So if, if, if uh, Liz or Joe can enlighten us, everybody, on 126th Street and the seniority and what they should have did and legally what are the ramifications behind them doing what they did because from what I understand they I believe they knew about the quote that they were going to close 126th Street before they sloppily told the union well the depot's got to close in August and then they threw everybody out by the time January came along by the time the general pick came along you know and everybody had to spread out and go all over the place. Now, I don't know who's involved in that scam, but that's definitely about what it was. <laughs> you know, at first, and, and look how it progressed. And, you know, even said this because the farthest back I could go when I looked for an article about 126th Street closing was um, in 2008. And what they were doing was they were planting the seed about, you know, it used to be a burial ground um, for, 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 for slaves back in like the 1600s. And they're saying that, oh, it's sacred ground and we got to show it respect and all that. And that was to soften everybody up. But what was really happening was the condo people were coming in and they're saying, man, you got this ugly bus depot on prime riverfront property. We could put a 50-story monster condo here and make a fortune. And then we could put a little plaque and say that, you know, people were buried here. <laughs> and, crazy. and right. And, and, and when, 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 when I don't know if, if we fell for it as a union or we were in on it. You know, like knew about it, and you know, I mean, would it be Cuomo's people and that real estate um, agency? I forget the name of it. If you remember their name, um, that they're really tight, and um, and I don't even know if the deal fell through. But that was that was that was the scam. And then to say, well, the city the city took away the property that the buses were parked on, right? And so there's no way to park buses, which I don't believe that either. There's no way to park buses. And, um, and, and, and that's how they got everybody thrown out of there. But, but, but the part that we fell for or we were in on 
was um, regional bus. We allowed regional bus to take a giant step forward because the only thing that stopped a regional bus in the past, and Barry Roberts was on this back in the day, was um, seniority. That seniority had to be respected, and, and seniority was, was a line that we were not able to go over, and, we would, and, and, and it was actually going to be respected by, by the law because you had civil service and you had non-civil service commingling um, in a different manner. Not a consolidated commingling that the members voted on. This was a forced commingling, right, where, where you're dovetailing civil service and non-civil service. Once you do that, once you step over that line, that's it. You are now admitting that regional bus is all right, so now we could do it with MTA bus. I mean, can you imagine if you have a depot with three different contracts? You know, how do you, how do you unify them? You know, I mean, that, that the, whole, the whole scary part of regional bus was the breaking of the union that you would break unity. Yeah. Now, let me ask you something, Joe, with that. You see how you said three different contracts within, you know, one group, basically? The same thing happens with the, all the different trades of, of Local 102, with your department, his department, my department, different AVA days for him, me, you, you know, different things. That destroys unity also. Yeah, because I just, I, because I just discovered somebody posted... Um, well, somebody commented under a post, and ATU drivers in Queens are able to bank up to 10 AVA days versus us in buses and so, RTO, yeah. we could bank up to eight. eight. So I'm like, whoa, how is that? <laughs> <laughs> and Liz, you know anything about the, um, you can't work three audio straight? Yes, I, I don't understand it either. But that's really meant for the people. Everybody, every depot has a click. And what's happening is that click is the one who's getting all that over time. So that click is the one that affected the decision making. Mm -hmm. Not just the regular bus, just like the rest of the uh, um, bus operators who want to work. We don't get that kind of piece of work. So that came into existence because of that little click. I figured, I remember I, I said it had to do something with, with yeah. the yeah. overtime. Same and people getting the overtime same all the people time. Getting exactly. Overtime. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's crazy. Now, just to go off topic just a little bit, that decision of the, um, I see that I posted, the un unauthorized observers, they probably had, could have found something wrong that y'all put in, the, uh, the grievance or whatever it was with, the, with, I guess, Dennis Engel and Mike Congolero, whatever his name is. Oh, the, um, right. The, the, yeah, he's like a TWU president from a different local. Yeah, you know, I, I found some. How long Dennis Engel been around? You know? You mean on the planet? <laughs> I mean, involved with our union. That's the lawyer, right? Yeah, that's the lawyer. Oh, right? well, yeah. he, after, um, after his services were no longer required with Local 100, when the Tucson administration came in, I, he went to the international. And then he hung around over there for a while, and, and, and then he was brought back. Cause I, I find something strange, because I didn't connect the dots until I looked at it just now. Like I said, we said earlier, they, was, they resold the property. The same Dennis Engel, they resold the property. Now he comes back. How can you expect him to be like in the right frame of mind to make the right? They already showed that they're crazy. And the count votes in front of them? How can you trust them? And they said the only reason they threw it out basically because y'all didn't file it in time. What was that? The protest? You know, you know what the protest time limit was when you find something wrong 25. on the day of the count is 24 hours. We, you know when we had to write that protest, we wrote it on the corner 
because they threw us out of the building. Yes, I did. On the corner of where, where, where um, AAA's office was in Manhattan, on the street corner, with the, with the lawyer typing on his phone, that's when we, we, we lodged the protest for that. And it wasn't thrown out. We, we, it was just, I mean, it wasn't untimely. They just said, uh, you know, your, no, they, your protest is not. No, they said the protest is untimely under the election rules. Then they gave the rules. So that's, that's real. That's real um, we have to look at what you're talking about. I guess that was from the, um, the neutral monitor or whoever. Yeah. yeah, I found that on the Internet. Oh, okay, Barbara Donhart. Yeah, uh, she's <laughs> she's rich <laughs> through this union. Three days, sixty plus thousand dollars. Wow, Liz, where did right. we go wrong? Okay, Please. this one, we filed a whole bunch of stuff, but this one in particular was filed by Tony Asario from Power Department. Yeah, and right, they said that this was untimely because he didn't do it on the street corner like we did. <laughs> at eleven at eleven thirty at night, the pitch black. It wasn't even streetlight. Mm, <laughs> who, who makes the election rules? Um, Samuelson. Oh, really? I mean, think about it. There's an election committee, and there's an e-board, and there's, you know, an executive uh, committee, and there's all kinds of stuff, and it's still the president. Think about it like this: if, Could you imagine, like, if the whole country was run like that, like? Like the president of the United States ran his own election, and then everybody had to play by his rules, which changed day to day depending on you know what how much you know footing you have. Well, that that sounds familiar. That's basically a dictatorship. That that sounds the same thing what Bloomberg did, running yeah. for three terms. Ran for three terms, right? <laughs> he bought the exactly. third term. That's right. Yeah, and and that's that's what we face. That's what challenges face. We're facing that now. You know, and if anybody wants to call us crybabies, go right ahead. But if you ever step up in the future, you'll you'll face the same thing. For sure. And 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 you're gonna you you you're gonna be called a crybaby. You know, the thing about it is when, when the people that are in power that are cheating you call you crybaby. But when you step up to say something, you don't consider yourself that. Injustice is injustice, and you're not just fighting for yourself. You're fighting for the next person that comes along. I mean, I think that with those people over there, period, whenever you step up, they call you some type of name to try to tear you down. Yeah, well, that's, that's, that's like, that's immature stuff. Maybe some members, um, you know, respond to that, but not everybody. You know, a lot of people want to hear, well, what's his side of the story? You know, those are the people we want to reach. Right, because remember when Stephen Chan was calling me and you crybabies, they had a picture of uh, Carl Winslow and Urkel, remember? So, yeah, but I, I, you know, <laughs> I, I, caught, I caught him with his skirt up. Oh, yeah. And what happened? I made Stephen Chan delete his profile. Did you hear what happened? Did you hear? <laughs> <laughs> right, right, it was good. That yeah, was good. Stephen yeah. Chan deleted his profile. You heard what, you know Tommy McNally? No. This guy wrote a letter to my school to get me expelled from school because of this radio show. Wow. What you think about that, Joe? And then he, and then, like I said, he also said, if, if you didn't see it, that oh yeah, uh, that uh, <laughs> um, that you and Roger created the Progressive Action Show. Isn't that and something? That, and that right? And that me and Tremel are just a puppet, y'all puppets, <laughs> just saying what y'all told to say. I'm basking in my genius right now. I cre- <laughs> exactly, exactly. Two guys that I never met created a show on behalf of me. <laughs> you and Roger now. That's what. <laughs> Now, he's not too bright, um, but, you know, he fits right in with them. The thing about it is that... <laughs> you got people that aren't too bright that know it, and, you know, they're kind of likable people. And you got people that aren't too bright that think they're brilliant, and those are the people that nobody can stand. He's the latter. 
Um, <laughs> the thing about it is, and, he, and, and it was one of these things where after they won their election against Tate, well, after Tate, um, you know, became a indentured servant to uh, Hamilton, <laughs> um, <laughs> McNally put in the chief that, oh, if, if they, meaning us, whoever wants to be opposition, because, you know, nobody knows who's, who's going to stay opposition and who's going to sell out, if they don't want to work with us, then the hell with them. You know what I mean? It was like right away, right off the bat, a confrontational statement. I don't know whether it was approved by the Samuelson people or not, whether he was supposed to say that or not, or he just, you know, talking out of his butt. But, um, you know, I mean, that was one of the things right there that started ticking people off. Who the hell is this guy? He does nothing for nobody, never accomplished a damn thing. And he's there to threaten all these reps and, and warriors of the past that if we don't want to work with him, that we, we have to get out of the way. Who, McNally? Yeah. This guy is a- I mean, maybe it's Napoleon. I, I hear that he's like 5'2 or something crazy like that. Yeah. Yeah, he is. <laughs> I heard he's a, little, a very little guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if you look at his Facebook page, he appears to be tall, you know? I mean, <laughs> if, you, if you notice, he ain't really standing next to other people that who you could justify. Right, right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He standing next to his wife or whatever the case may be. You know, he mad about that, too, that I found in the Daily News that you know, the whole thing with, with that situation. You know, it wasn't me, Mr. McNally. I keep telling you that. Clear that up with the Daily News, and I will happily clear that up here. Until then, I can't help you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Exactly. I can't. I found that on Daily. See, this is what people don't understand. When you attack me, there's no rules. Just like how he, there's, there was no rules with him. He contacted my school. Like, how can you do that? My school called me and like, um, I don't know what he want us to do. I know what I want you to do. Find the email and send it to me. Because it, I'm going to have to do something with harassment with this guy. Like, it's crazy with him. Actually, that is so far out of bounds itself. It's, it's actually frightening. Like, I mean, that, that like, like somebody would think of that. And that, that would be justified or, or, or would actually come to some kind of, you know, fruition. It would, it would be a, there would be a consequence there that would be detrimental to you. It had nothing to do with your school. No, no, and, you know, it's so crazy. When he did that, I had to press the red button on him. This guy been telling for a long time. He used to live in Florida, this guy, right? And I guess him and his cousin or whoever was getting drunk, and his cousin claimed he fell out of a plane. <laughs> I got the news article. I'm going to post it on Progressive Action. <laughs> His cousin claimed that he fell out of a plane, and he's a firefighter, this guy, his cousin. McNally told the whole story. My cousin ain't fall out of no plane. He was just drunk, and this, I'm like, yo, this dude been telling his whole life. And the dude moved, the firefighter, I guess he moved to Staten Island, and coincidentally, that's where McNally live at now, Staten Island. So, you know, that's where his people are. I'm going to post the article in um, Progressive Action, Tommy McNally. Snitched on his cousin falling out of a plane. Uh, I'm like, this guy been telling his whole life, man. Wow. Man. <laughs> now say that's a now get mad about that. Now I found something about you. Get mad about that. Call my mother next and tell her what I'm doing. <laughs> Sucker. Unbelievable. Yeah, these guys Sucker. are something else. But now I don't want to you know veer far too far off course. I want to I want to get back to these buses, you know, and talking about what's you know. Um, I also want people, the members, to know the real differences between OA and TA surface. And um, with MapStoa, uh, people need to understand that that's an acronym for Manhattan and Bronx Surface Transit Operating Authority. And they had a 20, uh, they had legislation that they were 
legislation was created for them to exist for 20 years or a little over 20 years that expired in the 80s. And so now, um, basically, it's uh, really legally up for grabs because I remember you were telling, you were telling me all that stuff. Yes. So if you could please inform the members if buses and everybody else that's listening also, the differences mm-hmm. in what you were telling me. Uh, yes. Um, Mapsto uh, from 1962 to 1983 was a subsidiary of the TA. A real subsidiary. It was true. It was true. In 1983, in 1983, they became a tax-exempt organization, a 501C. So since 1983, we are a charitable organization. So that's, you know, when I came into work uh, in 1996, I thought I was working for the state and the city, right? Because we all belong. We have been misinformed since 1983 of our status. Um, so I went in, I did a little research, and when I ran with Joe in 2012, I said, you know, I want to know who I work for. Um, and it happened that I came across all that data. And of course, it had tax consequences as well of our pension. So as of now, um, we are, and we have to know that we're not an agency. We are actually not a tax-exempt organization of 501C in the uh, realm of the MTA. Right. Now, explain to everybody and break it down, 501C, because I don't think everybody understands those different, uh, um, you, know, you know, those different codes. A 501C is a tax-exempt organization that exists. It's like a not-for-profit organization. Masto itself, if you consider it, consider it to be like the YMCA, right? Uh, we exist, and our funding comes through the MTA. Our boss now is Carmen Blanco. I think that's the new guy who took over. No, I think it's uh, no, it's um, oh boy, yeah. what's the new transit president's name? Um, it's a female. Um, it's, I think it started with a W also. I know, I forget her name. It's not Carmen Bianco. It's um, well, in the 2014 tax exempt uh, 990 that was filed. That's the name that appears there. Oh, okay. So, well, that's how. It, yeah, that's who it was in 2014. In 2014. 2014. But yeah. it's a it's a Veronica Hakim or Hakim or something like that. That's we'll, we'll see that in 2015. <laughs> yes, that's the new. I believe that's the current that's president. Hakim. Hakim. Yeah. Hakim. Yeah. 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 Veronica Hakim. Yeah. Right. So that's who's the president now. So yeah, the consequences of not understanding who Mastor is is when you go to negotiate. That's the negotiation aspect because you're you're not negotiating for an agency just like the. New York City Transit, the Metro North, the Tribor Bridge and Tunnel, those are agency. Um, MTA, yeah, MTA bosses, those are agency of the authority. Yeah, keep talking, Liz. Don't stop. Don't <laughs> stop. Don't stop. <laughs> yeah, keep talking. Definitely. Yeah. So that's where we find ourselves now because of all this uh, 126 and the violation of seniority, it actually has a, a, an effect on the status of a tax-exempt organization. So, you know, these negotiations that have been happening, we have to revisit them because there's a serious violation of the code. Wow. Okay, there is, seriously is. So until we get to a different administration that knows exactly what they're doing and we go to negotiation and we sit at the table, and then we have to address each individual agency as such. So there's a lot of work to be done and we do need a new president to go in there and, and know exactly how this organization functions, how each 
agency functions in order to have a proper negotiation. Yeah, or at least have the right people around you to know how each agency functions. Absolutely, because you can't bottle everyone in one. You have to understand each one. TA has civil service status. You have Article 78, where MapStore doesn't have any. MapStore actually is at will employee, just like the MTA bus. We are at will employee. That's why we are able, that's why if there's any layoff, we go out first. Yeah. Because you have protection, we don't. Yeah. Exactly. And they play, and Jay Walder played the dirty game back in 2010 when they laid off, um, when they laid off the MapStore members, they left them out there as casualties and there's a reason for that there's a reason for that i mean what bothers me the most is that i've been here since 1996 and nobody's really told me who i work for you know what i you know who who my store is you know and and now i wake up and i say oh my god you know i work for a tax exempt organization i work for a charitable organization I really, tomorrow, if, if, if the MTA sees, says we don't want MAPSO to be here, they can actually close shop and we all lose our job. There's about 8,000 people working for store. And I know that in one of, I, I don't know if it was in your previous show, you spoke about the new computer guys, the tech guys coming in. Yes. Well, they don't know they're coming in to work for a tax exempt organization. That's one thing that they fail to disclose, and they should be disclosing that to everyone who entered through those doors, especially if you're working for store. You should have a choice. You know, I had a choice when I came in to work for TA and OA, and I just took OA because everybody said okay, OA was great. Nobody told me OA was a charitable organization. Have they? told me that at the beginning I would have been working for TA. I mean, a lot of people probably didn't know. Yeah, of course. But they still don't know since 1983. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, because if I would have known, I would have stayed with TA Surface. Absolutely. Because if I would have stayed there, I would have had 17 years instead of 16 because I was there before I came to my store, which is what a lot of us did back in the days. You had to, you know, it wasn't consolidated. So So you had to basically take the, if you wanted to go to Brooklyn, you had to take the exam and get on the list and wait. Just like just like somebody from the street, and you had to, and, and, and that's how you had to do it to Absolutely. go back and forth. You know, I think the failure of the company, the failure of the administration in the local, is the failure to disclose. You know, to let us know where we stand, who we are, and and, and, and then negotiating. You know, at, at random, and we are all getting the same, and we shouldn't be. Right, because. Now, even the work rules and the progressive discipline Absolutely. and all all that stuff by right, the map store. I, I think I sent you some paperwork where it says, and especially when it goes into Map Store, that we will never become, we will never become um, civil servant. We never get that status, right? There was a purpose for that because Map Store was supposed to be sold. It was Map Store was not supposed to exist and continue to exist, right? So there was no other choice. You couldn't sell it. So what did you do? You com- converted into a charitable organization, which you can do under the law. It's just. A status that the state gives you. You could have a non-for-profit organization within a government agency. You know, that's not, you know, an exclusion. You can't do that. I think it's crazy that, you know, MapStore can't take promotional tests to come to RTO. But, but that's, that's, that's come back to what I, I just said. MapStore was not supposed to exist. It was supposed to be sold. Wow. But because it couldn't sell it in 1983, they converted it. So now they still hold the entity, but it's not, it's, it's, it's just a company, you know, a company that is a tax-exempt organization. 
So that doesn't have, it's not an agency, it's just something lingering there, but it has a lot of money in it. It has billions of dollars in real estate, it has uh, equipment, and it has personnel. So they tried to sell it in 1983, that's what you're saying. Actually, from 1962 to 1983, 20 years between that period, they couldn't sell it. It was mandated by the state, and it's in writing, too, that you know they were supposed to sell it, but they didn't, so of course the next thing was to keep it. And how do you keep it if you can convert into an agency? Because the law says that you would never be, you would never get uh, civil service status. Because I'm that's trying. That's crazy. That's crazy, yeah. right? But it was it was written when he first started. If you go back to the history and you start going back to TAOA, the existence since 1983, um, 1900s, you'll see that it was part of uh, New York City. It, it was in writing. It's uh, it's a code 1203. I send you some paperwork so okay, you can you, see it. Okay, I have to look at that paperwork because people don't understand, right? That in Manhattan, the M22 line used to belong to 126th Street. Mm -hmm. And I was talking to a dispatcher who was senior dispatcher on the TA side that has time. That the reason for it sounds crazy. Anybody that knows buses, it's because 126th Street Depot is all the way up to uptown, and the M22 line is all the way down on Chamber Street, Chamber Street Crosstown. So it's like that's a hell of a that's a, you know that's a hell of a travel, but because they the TA owned the M22 route, and see that's what I mean. You know, back in the days, it was about ownership because exactly you, you know you couldn't just commingle the lines, you you couldn't commingle the equipment because legally it was a matter of ownership. You know, um, Correct. the Q the Q32 line that was given away to Casey Stengel um, some years back. You couldn't, back in a, once upon a time, you couldn't just do that because Map Store owned that line. And that line, the history of that line, it goes back to the days of the Fifth Avenue coach bus. That's the original M16, exactly. that's the original M16 if people don't know. So that's, so that's what I mean by say it was real serious back in the days with, the, with, with these buses, with TA and Map, with, uh, you know, TA and Map Store, you know? Um, See, I, I, I <laughs> Joe know a lot about these buses. He got Liz here. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. That's definitely. We got to hear Jamel. Yeah, He's, man. He's very knowledgeable. Exactly. Yeah, man. I, I listened to you know, all through the years. You know, you can't Google everything. So mm -hmm. it's, about, it's about reading things and, you know, bumping into retirees who are, who are still walking around the earth who don't mind shedding, that don't mind, you know, sh sharing knowledge, you mm -hmm. know? So yeah. that's what it's about also, just listening to people, you know? Yeah. So, but um, basically, that's a lot of great information to know about where we work because a lot of people don't know, and I didn't learn it, and I didn't learn it either. Just like you, I didn't learn where I worked at also until mm -hmm. again it it took time, so it just blew my mind. Like wow, I'm just grateful that Joe just uh, tapped me in 2012 and and then motivated me. And uh, you know, I'm a person that uh, if I'm going to take on a job, I'm going to make sure that I know I'm capable of doing it, that I'm handling the information. And so I, you know, if I was going to join Joe and make sure that his presidency will be a success, I was going to make sure that I knew every contract, right, Joe? Every contract, every every uh, depot, every uh, everything that we had out there, Liberty Line, um, school buses, I was going to get entrenched in it so that our 
and Joe's presidency would have been a success. She's so. been great. I think it would have been dope. I think it would have been a real success. She's yeah. been great. She has been out there organizing people that I, I wouldn't even know how to reach. Um, she went up to school buses and found people I never would have met um, outside of the people I already knew. Um, Liberty Lines was a really tough, safe to crack. Um, she got in there and, um, and, and, the got, and, got, and got those people to stand up for themselves. First time. I mean, think about an entity like Liberty Bus. Liberty, Liberty is like, they have two locations, I believe. They have one up in Valhalla, which is uh, an express bus service, and they have one in Yonkers on Nepahan, or is it on yes. Sawmill? Yeah. Sawmill River Road. Sawmill. So they're, they're like fortresses. I mean, you just don't walk in there and start talking to people. You know, they, you got to find, you have to make an appointment with the director of labor relations and then, you know, <laughs> state your case and blah, 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 just to get in there. Mm-hmm. Um, the elections, you know, they bend a little bit, but when it's not election time, you know, I mean, you got to find people on the outside. You can't get in there. So it's very hard to meet people and it's very hard to find out who are the, you know, people that have activism in them, who are the people that have organizing in them and, um, and are willing to step up and say, this is what's wrong and that's what's wrong. And for instance, and I just want the members to know, you know, I mean, Liz, maybe you should talk a little more about Liberty, but I'll just say that they don't have sick time. None. Zero. They what? still don't. They, they don't what? They don't have sick a time. A big zero on the sick time. And, and why the union not doing anything? Be- you want to hear this? See, this is this is when you finally crack the nut. And that's what Liz did. And you get in there and then you start hearing it. And the members start feeling confident about opening up. They tell you that every contract we put it up as a demand, and then the union tells us we'll never get it. We'll never get it. That's exactly what Every time we bring up sick time, they walk away from the table. Yes. That's no answer. I mean, <clears throat> when you think about sick time, right? Isn't that against the law, period? Be the outside New York City. Oh. In New York City, they have to give you seven days sick, right? Or a week mm-hmm. sick or seven days. Yeah. Seven days. Mm-hmm. Outside, they're in Yonkers. They don't have to. And then, I mean, I was, we were up there shopgating during um, this past election. And we were talking about sick time. And I wanted to keep the conversation going. I didn't want to talk about, oh, the union is screwing you and we could do better and all that. But I wanted them to, to show their anger and disappointment to the division chair who was sitting there, who miraculously showed up after I notified the labor relations person that we were coming in. I mean, he almost <laughs> ran me over. That's how quick he got there. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, and, and one of the things was that when, when, when we talked about how it's a law in New York City, he says, oh, yeah, that's it. That's why. Oh, yeah, it's going to be a law here soon, too. So why get it? Why waste the demand? No. If you're afraid of management getting up from the table, then you do something to make them come sit the fuck back down. I'm going to use that language. <laughs> because there's, just, there's no excuse for not bringing up an important demand like that. Do you know that those, those, those people, they work hard. They work just as hard as bus operators yes, and do. mechanics here in New York City do for, for OATA. But if they take sick, and even though they're not getting paid, you they, can't even use a vacation day to, to, to call out sick, they still get harassed when they come back. They get disciplined. They get disciplined for using a sick day. Now, you could walk on that bus with, with, with like the H2N2 flu and give it to like 70 people <laughs> mm-hmm. because they, want, they don't want to backfill your bus. I mean, it's more important you drive that bus and make all those people sick than you just stay home and maybe get a day's pay. Wow. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 it's antiquated what it they is. go through. And that's just one issue out of many, but it was one that stood out because nobody had a good excuse for that. I don't care what kind of raises and pension and everything. You, medical benefits. What good are medical benefits if you can't take sick? 
Yeah, and you know that's how that's another thing. That's how Map Store used to be once upon a time. Oh you know? yes. I know you know right. Oh yes. That Map Store, I think up to like the early to mid seventies, they had no sick days. And then the union won five sick days. Five sick days for a long time. For right, it was five sick days all the way up to the consola bus consolidation in '02. Because mm-hmm. when I started, we just exactly. got five. Exactly, that's when we got twelve. That's I mean, right. this 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 day, modern day and age, and, and everybody's understanding of how diseases are spread, airborne diseases or diseases where you touch something, somebody's sick touch. That we know that it's 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 more cost effective and it's more healthy for society for you not to come to work to spread it. You know, and just pay you the day and have you stay home or the two days or go to the doctor and, and, and get treated than it is to come to work and that pr- production that they think they're going to get, um, it just isn't worth it. If I, if I, I mean, look, if, if I have five employees and I own a company and they're on your bus and you're sick and you're sneezing all over the place and you make them sick, you cost me money. So why, you know, I mean, why wouldn't it make sense that everybody would be in agreement? Doesn't the government... When there's a flu outbreak, say, oh, if you're sick, stay home. Don't come to work. Except mm-hmm. the TA. You come yeah. to work. Yeah, Right. And, and, I, I, and, you, and you know, I, I just want to say this real quick, that they're aware of airborne diseases. They're aware of all of these things. You want to know why I say that? Because you wouldn't be strict and have a rule on the climate control. And what the climate control is or what the public doesn't understand is it's not just air conditioning. What it does is you have vents that you have... You know, it's a system. You have air. You have vents that suck the suck out the dirty air, and then you have ducts that push out clean air. So that's what the climate control is. And on the trains, on certain model trains, it's it it's it works. Thirty percent. It's thirty percent, and yeah. it and it works in conjunction with the signs, right? On R forty sixes. With the signs. I don't yeah. Know about that. With the LCDs. Yeah. It's it's something that I read that it works in conjunction. In other words, they're on the same electrical panel or whatever. If one. So anyway. They're, but they're, but the authority is strict about that. Every year they hand out something to bus operators saying the quality of the air and on the bus. They want to know what the quality of the air yes. is and they want to know how it is. So basically, they're aware. This it's not just about comfort. They're aware of airborne diseases and things like that. Well, yeah, and that's right. So the science behind that says that a certain percentage of the air has to be fresh air and the rest of it could be recycled because you want to recycle the cool air. Yeah. Um, right, exactly. So they know about that, and that's very important when you got when when you have a train full of people and all breathing on each other. Right. You know. So yeah, definitely. Wait, what's amazing with that is the MTA brag about they ridership a day, five, six, seven, eight million people, whichever whichever one they decide mm-hmm. to choose for the day. You trying to tell me that none of these people are sick? We come in contact with more people probably than police officers on patrol. Definitely. You know what I'm saying? Then especially me being a conductor, when people want to talk to me. They want to talk here. Yeah. And when they talk here, I talk back there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I step back. That's right. I don't know what you have. You got tuberculosis. You got the flu. You got all types of things. I get TB. What's going to happen? <laughs> the medicine going to restrict me. They going to have me on the platform. I'm not going to be making no money. You know what I'm saying? Well, not only that, but you're in a cab, right? And that vent that's, that's feeding you the AC, 70% of it is recycled air from what came in that yeah, that, I know. Yeah, the that's rest what I of said. that box. That's what I said. Thirty percent is is um just clean air. You know what I'm saying? And then it's not even like those cabs is airtight. I, one day I'm gonna do the show a, a show of how they clean up some of these messes in the train. There's no way possible that a customer throw up on the train, and these cleaners just come and mop it up, and it's good to go. A little bit of bleach, and it's good to go. No, that train need to go to the yard because who, who's a doctor here 
to say what was in that throw up. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And do complete cleanups. You could get mono from throw up because it's in the air. True. You get, I, and I'm going I'm to share something. One day somebody threw up on my cab door. I, I seen the guy cleaning it up. I, I ain't think nothing of it. That next week, I had diarrhea for the whole week. Oh, you? Yeah, come to mm. find out it was mono. It was a symptom of mono. And I'm like, yo, what the hell, what the hell went on? I said it was the throw up. I should have took a picture. As a matter of fact, I was going to video the guy um, cleaning up the throw up because they held our train. I was going to video and be like, yo, look, I don't care if I get in trouble. But the customers find out. And then it's crazy. Customers coming to lean up on that. Mm. And I know it's not fully clean. Who cleaned up the train? Terminal car cleaner, whatever. I don't be knowing the cleanest titles like that. Oh, okay. No, um, but it was a quick cleanup because the dispatcher ringing the bell. Bing, 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 bing. Train got to go. All right, car cleaner cleaning the train. It's throw up in the train. He's being rushed. Another train that came in that he got to clean up that possibly got throw up. It's a lot of mishaps. Mm-hmm. You know right. what I'm saying? You dealing with, just like I was telling with Jamel, as far as with Long Island Railroad and us, Long Island Railroad is not dealing with homeless. <laughs> homeless people is not riding in those comfortable cars. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They not dealing with a whole bunch of the headache. The, the volume of the ridership, you know, they do a piece of what New York City actually do. You know what I'm saying? Every, everybody's in a chair. Everybody's in a seat perfectly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's very different. And transit need to take into effect, especially us getting sick, bus drivers. Um, conductors, train operators. We come in contact with a lot of people. A lot of people want directions. We we not allowed to ask them. Well, what's your medical history? You got a medical history mm-hmm. card to show to show me before you well, come. You know that comes with having the right people in the administration of the local to fight for that. Because I mean, it's a valid point that you're making. You know, every, we, we all come in contact with directly with the public. So that's a fight that we have to take on. That has to be something for the next um, negotiation and stuff like that because, you know, we're all getting hit for uh, discipline for being sick as well. It's nothing, you know, yeah, unusual. It, so we, MTA, we what's a pattern? Yeah. Tell me what a pattern is, Liz. Well, you come, come well, according to us, when you're talking about pattern being sick, yeah. oh, you can't call out, <laughs> you call out one day, you better call three days. That's one occasion. Is that what you're mentioning? Yeah, I mean, because MTA, people getting, uh, what's that, sick control? Yeah, yeah. sick 70, 30, sick and all that. Yeah, no, I'm they, in the sick control. Oh, you're you in sick control? Yes, I am. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah, right. <laughs> I got a call. <laughs> Real, claps. Real claps on that one. Real claps. <laughs> yep. I mean, that's crazy. Like, my thing is this. The only way you should be putting... I'm not against sick control. Mm-hmm. only way you should be putting against sick, in sick control is if you use more than your 12 that you earn. Mm-hmm. I'm against sick control. Trans, listen, if you use Ooh. more than 12, you got an issue. Okay, but that's... But, but we, we work with the public. You right. Know? No, I understand and, and, and you're an adult. And, and, yeah. This, this is the thing right here. It's all a money thing. I look at it at the end of the day. We don't want you to take your sick days. And we go make sure that you don't take your sick days because we go discipline you for taking those sick days. All right, cool. Now, when you retire, we only go pay you for half, half of those of sick days. We take it back. <laughs> you robbed them. You robbed me. Absolutely. And that's you your earned wages. So, so y'all got to pick Y'all got to pick a fight. Either mm-hmm. when I retire, y'all pay me for all my sick days or y'all discipline me now and we worry about that when I, re- when I retire. Absolutely. You can't have both. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, there was, there, there was uh, our last campaign and part of our 2012 campaign addressed sick and, and, and how it needed to be updated. A lot of it 
we talked about um, not just disease sick, but um, you know, physical ailment, um, ergonomic situations on the on on the train um, seats, standing all day, um, sitting, sitting all, all day, day, sitting crunched all day. Mechanics having to climb in and out of the pit. Carpal people, tunnel. People, right. And people breathing chemicals and people breathing steel dust, stuff like that. And, and it has a lot to do with, how, you, you know, your physical well-being. One day you feel good, the next day you don't. But, but, but it's work-related, no matter what. If there's, a, if there's a flu epidemic out there and you're a bus operator and you come down with the flu, that's work-related. I don't care what anybody says. You got it somewhere on that bus. You got it somewhere in that train. You got it. If you're dealing with the public, you got it from them. If you're in a booth or if you're outside of a booth as a station agent or if you're a CTA out on a crowded platform, you got it from the public. That's that's work related. We have to really address that. We have to address um, upper body respiratory. Well, that and that that could be that that should be dealt with by the law, (coughs) respiratory and pulmonary um, uh, issues under breathing in crap or stress. But just sitting in bed seated positions holding in your urine over long periods of time yeah. or you know not going to the bathroom both ways um mm-hmm. over long periods of time because you don't have anywhere to go um or you know you're stuck in traffic or whatever you know, whatever the situation is that's requiring you to go above and beyond what you're physically capable of is work related so let's say you wake up in the morning and something hurts so you say i'm gonna call in sick well they're banging you for that but that, technically that happened on the job you didn't fall down on the way home. You fell down on the way home. Fine, that's that's on you. But if you know, if 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 you know, you twisted yourself getting out of the seat. You know, those things happen. That doesn't mean you're a weakling or you're a wimp. These things happen to us, especially when we get older. So a lot of what they consider to be sick and they want to discipline us on is actually work related. Right, mm-hmm. and and you see, you know, we were talking about that today in the swing room. We were saying how. They write these things and everything is on paper as if it's a perfect world. Same thing with these schedules. These schedules now, they get four minutes for recovery, right? Is it, is it four minutes yeah. recovery, Liz? Four minutes, yeah. They get four minutes for recovery at the end of the line. What, to, and to turn back around and go? Yeah. To, yeah, like that's a little break time at the end of the line to but stretch I, your legs and do all that stuff. And then, but basically, this, the way the schedule is designed is if you're always moving and there's a very few people in each bus stop, you're picking them up, you're going along perfectly, and there's, there's no obstructions. There's no garbage trucks in front of you. There's no police holdups. There's not a, um, a crowded bus stop. There's not somebody making a U-turn in front of you. There are no red lights. There are no tra- there's no traffic. Basically, it's like it doesn't account for these real the things. In, right. The variables here with millions, with this densely populated city. Mm-hmm. New exactly. York, New York City. At New that, York City. Everybody driving. Exactly. Right. And it's, it's even worse now. Everybody driving. Yeah. If you're sitting, you know? you're facing, um, uh, you're, you're not getting good blood circulation. Um, you're, you're facing circulation problems as well. They cause problems over time in your life. Um, so, you, you know, everything has an effect on you. Now, what we should be doing as a union when we go after these things, whether they be Albany-related or, or contract-related, we need to have um, an occupational uh, and health and safety uh, person that's actually doing this work and not, you know, just sitting around or every once in a while they just come up with a flyer to make it look like they're doing something. In 2009, we were doing a, a study on, on lower extremities and we were doing it in car equipment and it was basically people that were getting on their knee, knees and working 
you know, uh, putting in floors on subway trains and stuff like that. Or, so how, how does it affect your hips and your knees and your ankles um, and your muscles? Uh, what, what, you know, it was, it was a survey among members who, are you having these problems? Now, met many of these members, because they didn't get hurt, because they didn't fall out of a train or fall off a ladder, doesn't mean that they didn't get hurt on a job. The job caused this pain. Now, are you calling in sick a lot? What's your sick time like? Not that we want to bring it up to management that your sick time is bad, but if you're using a lot of sick time and, and, and your sick time is based on this lower extremity pain that you're having, it's job-related. We wanted to bring that out. As soon as the Samuelson administration took over, that study went out the window. Goodbye. All the data, everything gone. Um, fired the doctor that was, was doing the work for us and you know, brought in that dude that looks like um, Doc Brown from uh, Back to the Future. <laughs> but, <laughs> but so, so, what we, what, what, so what we're facing now is that we don't have any studies or, or upper extremity studies. Now you're talking about elbows and shoulders, um, you know, also hips going up this way, back, lower back, upper you know, neck, all these things that we could be, that we're calling in sick for, and then they turn around and discipline us because they find a pattern or you took too much sick time or, you know, sometimes you don't feel like going to the doctor that you know just a day in bed is all you need, but it's job-related, and we want them to be able to recognize those illnesses, those ailments, and even the diseases that we get from the public as job-related and therefore should not be touched with discipline. Would that, would that be a legislative Great. move? That's not. If you're talking about heart bill, lung bill, those are things that, that deal with compensation, compensatory um, all for the rest of your life, that you can't work anymore because this, and, and it was, it's, it's automatically assumed that it's job related. So if you have um, heart uh, issues, pulmonary issues, right? So if you have, um, you know, you had a heart attack or you just have, you know, a weak heart or something, something to do with your heart circulation, uh, that it was done by stress, uh, stress of, of the environment that you were working in all those years. Respiratory, breathing in exhaust, steel dust, chemicals, everything that we have to do, deal with on a daily basis. It would be automatically be assumed by law that it was an occupational um, a cause. And, 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 you know, of course, there's a compensatory, uh, it, it doesn't make up for it, but you can be compensated monetarily for that. I would love to know, even though it would be embarrassing for uh, bus drivers to admit how many of them get hemorrhoids it's Almost probably up there 90 percent about 90 percent no they, they won't admit it but to me that's work related that's a, that's an injury if you ask me that's that prolong, something prolonged sitting yeah how that. many people are having knee surgery i was just about oh to say that. yeah. that's terrible even even with us is knee and hip surgery and this is all job related yeah you know i'm like was these guys playing sports no, yeah, they right, for right, transit. Exactly. exactly. Mm -hmm. they, you know, they got sport injuries. But I think the most important thing to, to note is that when you return back with the, the uh, note, the sick note, for you to say yes, it was job related. You know, most of us say no, right? Because we don't think about it. But we have to start submitting those well, forms if, and those forms to say yes. If you job do related. that, then they're going to turn around and say, well, that was compensation and put you through that crap. Exactly. So and then. You, but you're going to lose money. Just, yeah. They're not going to pay you the sick time. They're going to turn around and do that whole business about comp. See what. <clears throat> That's that line right there. Nobody's their own doctor. If you didn't go to the doctor, how the hell do you know whether it's job related or not? To ask you that question instead of asking a doctor that question makes no sense. That line has to come off of your sick lines. Is it job related? See, the, the thing I think they look at it is if it didn't happen on the job right then and there, it's not job related. Because then they'll probably do something. Well, prove to me, even if you get sick, 
you got people in your house. How you know you ain't get sick from somebody in your house? Right. You 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 passing people on the way home. You go to the grocery store. How you know you ain't get sick from somebody like that? You know what I'm saying? Right. They'll play that, the game. Yeah, that'll be the argument. Mm-hmm. But my thing is, look, control a customer just uh, sneezing in my face. I don't know what they got. I'm just letting you know. I get sick two days later. I got it on record. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, I I would like to see you know. The three of you work for, work with the public. I don't. I mean, I'll, I'll get sick by a coworker, which is pretty much the same thing. But you guys work with the public. I would like to see it that anything that has to do with the flu, a cold, anything to do with anything that you could have caught from somebody else, the assumption should be that it's job related. The next Today. thing you know what they go do? They go require us to get flu shots. That's going to be the next thing. Mm-hmm. They can, go, they, can they require that? No. Um, if you're outside of the medical field? I don't know. Maybe they can. I don't know. <laughs> they'll, no, they, they'll, 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 do some, they'll do something like that to hold you liable. Did you get a flu shot? No, they. I don't. I mean, you can. Nobody, nobody can force you to. No, get nobody a flu can force shot. you to. Right. That's because, your health. You exactly, know. Exactly. Because even when you go to the doctor, and and you take your kids to the doctor, they'll they'll ask you, do you want this? Do you want the immunizations? The ones that are not mandatory, they'll mm-hmm. ask you, do you want the flu shot? So, but I think the nursing, authority is not above the law. They I think in nursing. Like nurses, they have to get certain shots. They have to get it to yeah. keep it from giving it to people. Yeah, yeah. No, oh, really. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So some some industries is, mand- is mandatory. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, they they try their best to find a loophole, but you know, at the end of the day, we get sick because of customers. Yeah, I believe that. For them to totally ignore that, that's insane. It's not well. That's contractual. That part <clears throat> is contractual, and and that's something that we need to be going after, and that's how the the sick has to be revamped. And for the poor people at Liberty, you know, they, they haven't even taken the first step yet. So that, we, we, we got we to gotta help them, too. You're talking about a, a person who's 29 years on the job and doesn't have a sick day. That's 29. Cool. I couldn't believe it. That's I said, good. this can't. I mean, ooh, you guys, where you been? I'm sitting there now and you, y'all tell saying that I can't years. believe they don't have sick days. And when they come back, they, they call in sick because they can't move. Then they come back yeah. and get written up. Yeah. Yes. Uh, you know, another guy that was at your party, um, Hans Ramsey. He told yeah. me that some Liberty guys want to come up to the show. He told me that like two days ago. Yeah, actually, mm-hmm. it's the same guys that I know. You should bring the same him guy up. Who's still, you you got to get, you got to get him up. Here. I mean, I, I told him what here. to do, so you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's they just that their schedule's really, really bad. You know, really, really. I mean, he can't call out sick to come to the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he got to come on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, what what, what about your um? How does it work in buses with y'all work shoes? Y'all could pick your own shoes to work. No, we are we we have just like everyone else. You know, the company issues the the shoes, and of course, if you you have a problem, then you have to bring in your um, you know letter from the doctor. But I think that I had I received a call today from a coworker of mine that he had the letter, and um, he you know he bought another pair of, of shoes, and now because we're in contract time. Okay, they're giving them a hard time. So now the company is actually looking at the whole entire uniform. If you don't have your shoes or anything, they're just taking out the first five people and then trying to make service with the rest. Wow. So there's a lot of issues happening now because we're in contract time. How so. do your feet feel in the shoes as a, Terrible. As a woman? I have, I, I have heels first. Wow. So I have to go in myself and get a doctor. Wow. It's the worst pair of shoes that we can get from the company. Because it was crazy. You know, I found a study about men feet and women feet, how they differ so much. And I find it strange that transit would give a shoe, a universal shoe, which I feel is made for men, and slim slim men feet. I don't think wide men feet, because it's, it's like one, it's one width, or is it like more than one width for the shoes? 
Well, no, they have wide widths. They got wide widths. They yeah. have wide widths. But they, yeah. they definitely not made for They're women. They're not made feet. for women. Not even the uniform that we use. Yeah, if you got, <laughs> like, you know, if you got, any, kind, you got any hips or curves, <laughs> <That's> it. <laughs> it's over. Right, yeah. because, like I said, and see, you, you mentioned the uniform, Liz. You know, I talk about that all the time now, lately, that uh, they used to have the uniform room. Oh, at, yes, I remember. You know, when I started in 1996. Right, when you started, awesome. they had the uniform room, right. Yeah. When I started, they had the McDonald's ties, I, I call them. You, you say know, you hated those ties? I hated those ties. <laughs> the oh, one with the red goodness. and... The one with the red with yeah, the... Yeah, oh, yeah. my goodness. When I started in 1996, they would sew your clothes and everything down in Wal- and, uh, Walnut. Exactly. And I why, loved it. Right. In the uniform, you always look so well-dressed and impressed. Exactly. And, you know... Why I'm saying, you know, because I asked a couple of people, why would they get rid of that? Why would they do away with that? Because that was perfect. Because for women, they tailored it to fit you. Yeah. And then, and then that, even I for think men, that was done for my store alone. It was not on a TA. I don't remember. I don't know about TA, but well, I know no, the, well, it was well, on no, my store. Well, no, the TA side, it was a bigger room. It, it used to be. It used to be on. I was told it used to be on Northern Boulevard, in the in the Steinway section over there. You know, not far from mm-hmm. Queens Plaza. So they had a uniform room, RTO, TA surface. They all, you know, both those, um, you know, both those departments used to go in to get their uniform mm-hmm. on that side. And you know what? The quality back then, there was a good quality of clothes. Because I, I was wearing one of the pants that I have from since 1996 to about five years ago. I shout you out for that because so many people can't fit their uniform yeah. after two, three years. Yeah. <laughs> They get they would say they get that transit body. Yeah, oh, I'm definitely. In the, I'm in the gym, so I can't get that. I don't want that transit body, man. <laughs> well, stay in the gym. <laughs> stay, stay in the gym <laughs> for the next. Stay in the gym for the next 25 years. Yeah, I will. <laughs> Trust me. Shoot, because they already wish prayed on my downfall. Oh, after two years, we go see how slim you go be. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It takes it. This. I mean, especially for women. You know what I mean, yeah. I, how you feel about the um, maternity leave going up from? Well, you know, it's interesting because I saw the um, the poster and, you know, Mopstore wasn't included. What? Mopstore was not included. If you look at the poster, we never included in anything. But the, but wait, wait, wait. What poster is this? <laughs> the, the poster about the maternity leave now that you could call in. In the contract? In the, well, in the, in the contract, actually, there's a poster going that's in, in, the, in display in the depot. But it includes every agency except my store. Wow, that's that's interesting. Yeah, like, you have to look at the, you got to look at everything that comes out, and you don't see agency, MTA agency, Metronor, Triboro agency, but never my store. Let me find out, Jamel, you owe them two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. but the contract is, is different. But you know what's happening now? Was oh okay yeah. yeah because like I said I you know you know when my kid was born. Almost nine mm-hmm. months ago, I uh, you know I took the two weeks, and then when I came back, I turned in the proof, the, the birth certificate, and they had it in the computer and everything. So, I mean, if there was any discrepancies, I would have been sort of boss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd have been sort of boss. <laughs> I'd have been sort of boss. You know, <laughs> shout out to Danny Hogan on that one. You know, <laughs> you know, but yeah. So that's um, but you know, the good thing is, is that what they have coming up the pike is. The twelve weeks maternity paternity leave that's going to be mandated by the state. Yes. And what I say is that the union, what they should do, you know, whoever's in power and they negotiate, they should negotiate it to where 
our members get 100% um, versus the 67% that'll pay, that'll be mandated by the state mm-hmm. to, you know, to pay people, to pay workers while they're out. But if you, if, 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 if we negotiated to where we get 100%, I mean, why not? I mean, it's not like the whole membership is going to go out and have babies. So how much is that going to cost? I wouldn't put not it past that. the membership. <laughs> It'd be baby kids. <laughs> baby kids. Hey, well, listen, you know what? The one thing I say about that, Joe, is that instead of the S word, that'll be a good, that'll be a good job action, right? Everybody, that's everybody go out and get pregnant, right? Or get somebody pregnant. Yeah. Nine months of the day. Okay, exactly. everybody. Yeah. We going on strike nine months from now for two weeks. Two weeks. Right? <laughs> Listen, everybody's on leave. It's mandated. You know? I wonder what they go do with that. Cause that's a possible job, actually. What they gonna say? <laughs> oh, y'all playing to all have sex at the same day to get y'all girlfriends and wives pregnant? Why? Why not? It was a, yeah, yeah, it was a blackout. You know, we had nothing to do. There's no cable. We we was we was twiddling our thumbs while Samuelson was stalling <laughs> on the contract. You know, we was bored. Oh man. Oh yeah. So, like I said, you know, it's all, you know, it's all good things to talk about. You know. It's all like everybody just has to get involved to start paying attention, you know. Yeah. Oh, shout out to Joe for passing around the red cups. Nothing but cranberry juice in here. <laughs> oh yeah, nothing but cranberry juice. Yeah. And I'm feeling good too. So. <laughs> yeah, up. yeah. No, just straight up cranberry, guys. You know me. I, you know, I mess with that. You know. It's yeah, yeah. And, you know, I, yeah. I, I love cranberry <laughs> juice. Yeah. Do you want some? For me? Yeah. No, I'm good, man. I, I got right. the hiccups right now. I don't want to. Well, yeah, because on the ninth floor. At 195 Montague, I think they sip on champagne every day, right? Uh, really? Yeah. Uh, and, and playing baby powder. And playing baby. Oh, wow. Yeah. That baby powder. Yeah. Yeah, you know. I heard about that baby powder. You know, make you doze off on stage. You know what I mean? <laughs> Tying this just don't make you do that. Exactly. You know what I mean? That's very embarrassing mm-hmm. how you just doze off in a crowd full of people. I seen DMX do that shit. And <laughs> we already know what he on. Exactly. So. <laughs> If somebody was getting ready to hand me a job that paid $271,000 a year, I'd stay awake. I'd be like, yeah, where's that job? I mean, you know, you pass out in front of everybody that's going to hand you a million and a one million one hundred thousand dollars over the next four years and you fall asleep in front of them? Oh, I'm going to make you laugh. I don't know if you've seen or, or any of y'all seen. I posted an um, a interview from John Samuelson talking about um, he loved beating lawyers and people with higher education, college degrees, and Scrabble. You mean that that? Um, I saw that post. Yeah, did you see it, Joe? No. Did you see it, Liz? I I I, I seen that before somewhere. I, so I think I saw the video. Words with friends. No, no, yeah, basically words right. with friends. But he said he he gets joy out of beating lawyers. Yeah. And and people with college education. What this fool failed to realize. The lawyers and people with college education ain't playing Scrabble. <laughs> they playing Monopoly and chess. <laughs> That's right. Two, two games he probably ain't good at. That's right. <laughs> Especially chess. Right? They're playing chess. You like, know? yo, John, and then I, I mentioned it to Nick the other day. You know, me and Nick, we having a good dialogue these past couple of days. I asked Nick about it. He said, yes, John is a very good Scrabble player. Well, who's going to teach him how to play Monopoly and chess next? <laughs> For real. Think they, about let a, they let him win. They let, they, they, they let the man with the signature on the check win. Like, and and that, that, shows, that goes to show me he has a hang-up. Like, who would take a thrill out of 
beating somebody with college or, or a lawyer because you feel that they smarter than you That's i don't feel up. i don't feel yeah i don't feel that these people are smarter than me right but basically to make a statement like that he feels that it's deep down you feel that people like that are inferior to you so this is what you have to do so now make him in, feel even exactly <laughs> not, right make him feel even now you're in the international and you're getting this money and you and your salary or whatever. So now you think you can stomp with the big dogs. Yeah. I can see mm-hmm. him going home now to Lisa. Lisa, I beat Dennis Ingle today in Scrabble. <laughs> I, I can't believe. It. Yeah, John, you did a good. You did a good job, John. You did a good. Like yo, wow. you serious? But you know what the funny part is that the lawyers are laughing their way all the way to the bank when you're paying from the local over one million dollars of lawyer fees. So we want to know what kind of what kind of cases they have that they can make $1 million out of the local. Um, so, sexual harassment, mostly. <laughs> <laughs> so, who's laughing, right? Exactly. Who's laughing? Sexual harassment. <laughs> yeah. Defending mostly. officers in sexual harassment cases. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what it is? And they probably let John win. You know, because <laughs> think about it. You keep kicking his ass, he ain't going to hire you. Right. So, look, we go. it's like when you're playing with your little son or your daughter. No, you let them win just so they could feel good about themselves. Mm-hmm. Even though you know you could beat them. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we want to keep this money coming in. Exactly. So, look, we're going to take it easy on John. We're going to let him win on his little four-word wins, three-word <laughs> wins. And we're going to make him feel good. You know what I'm saying? Exactly, yeah. Because <laughs> he um, damn sure don't know the difference between Union Hall and condos. Right. Cat. Ooh, no, cat. That was a good one, Cat. <laughs> <laughs> Cat or tax. Or yeah, that, wow, that was good. You got to see. I Condo, mean, yeah. Why, why would you put that in the news? That was in the Daily News, too. Why would he put the quote that in the Daily News? That's crazy. That was yeah. in the Daily News? It was in the Daily News, yeah. Oh, my God. This guy's it's like. embarrassing. It's very embarrassing. Yeah. And then the Nick Bedell said, yeah, he's a very good Scrabble player. <laughs> when, y'all, when y'all have time to play Scrabble? At in, his crib. It, no, it, he don't do that shit at home. <laughs> All day long. Harry, to, Harry told me that. Harry didn't bring that up here. I guess two hours wasn't enough, right? No, no. no, Harry, no, no, coming no, back no. Next week. Harry coming back next week. Yeah, all it's right. Ask crazy. him about words with friends. <laughs> words with friends. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Just, I'll leave it there. For, for suspense for the next show, you got to tune in next week. Same same bad time, That's, same bad channel. Oh yeah, definitely. Oh my god, words, words with friends. Wow, baby. Oh he, he skipped that out on us. Yeah, man. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. So Liz, Dime. how much? How much? Oh, she's speaking Spanish to me now. <laughs> <laughs> next time you come up here, I want you to bring. Since you want to speak Spanish to me. Some pasteles. I like mine uh, with extra olives in it. Okay. And some acapulia. Okay, acapulia. Acapulia, yes. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, they, they don't know. We're going to leave them out of our All business. Right. Okay. We ain't going to translate for them right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're going to sample it, though. I know empanadas. <laughs> we ain't talking about Mexican dishes. We're talking about Puerto Rican dishes right now. Empanadas is not Puerto Rican? You tell me. But, no. I don't know. No, but you tell me. I was pastelillos. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know. You learn something every day, you know? Shoot. Man, oh, man. So, Liz, you going to run with Joe the next time? Because I, I, I think Joe trying to keep it a secret. But I think I'm going to have to push Joe to do something this time. I will run with Joe to the end. Till he tells me is enough. We're giving it up. I believe in him. I believe in, 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 in our organization, Transport Workers United. 
And I'm here for the long run. I'm very loyal to him. I believe in him. So I know he's the best man to run the local, you know, and to bring about change. See? And he has good people around him. He has really good people who are not, you know, are not for self, not for the membership. And that's what we have to get back to. Where is about the local? But it's, what is about the union? Union's about the workers. You know, we got to get to that point again. So I believe in Joe. And until Joe tells me, Liz, this is over, I'm running with him. So yeah. if he tells me, you know, I want you to do X, Y, and Z, that's where I'm going to be. I, so. I think between Joe and Harry Wills, they could figure this thing out. Yeah. Yeah. This, this whole local. I think y'all could figure this. Like, between speaking to y'all two, I don't see no, no, <laughs> nothing uncovered. Yeah. The, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of people on a slate. One of the difficulties we have, you know, we, even people that are with us, you know, the old warriors or the ones that, you know, just coming up, they move on. They either take promotions or they retire. And, and so we have to keep replacing people. When, when it comes to, you know, incumbents, they're usually on payroll. You know, that's easy. You're going to have a whole slate. You're going to have every division covered. They even brag about that, but they're all on payroll. That's easy. Everybody that's with us is a volunteer. So, you know, what we have to do is we have to find, and in a lot of places where we're lacking, is those warriors. I'm not talking about people complaining. I don't, want, I don't want complainers. I want people that identify deficiencies and they want to make a difference. And in all those divisions to step up, qualify, and, and run for office. Like Mike Quill you know, stated that it's not enough that you pay union dues. You have to participate, um, participate and you have to make yourself ready for leadership. And um, that's who we're looking for right now. We're looking for people willing to do that and step up and make that change. So you go rearrange the slate? No, we, we haven't even decided yet what, 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 what's going to be down with that. I mean, I, I don't know who's going to be here, you know, a year and a half from now. Um, but remember, we're talking about 137 at least or more, 137 people on a slate. That's a lot. Mm -hmm. That's just division and, and Evoid and, and the top. That's not even people that are running on sections. Yeah. That, that comes after. So, so that's, and oh, and that's not even counting delegates, which is another 130 something people that, you know, you could double up on stuff, but we also, can, you know, we have a lot more delegates. So let's talk about maybe 150 people. So you gotta look for 150 people that qualify to run. Yeah. And not only that, but they're not punks and they're not, you know, they're not sellouts. I don't want that. I mean, that's not what we're loading up our, our slate with. We're loading up our slate with serious people that want to make a difference. Honest people. You know, that are going to hold me honest because they're honest. Yeah. Um, and, then, and then we can pass this off to them. You know, I don't want to hold on to this for the rest of my life. I want, I, want to, I want to be able to go into the sunset knowing that, you know, this organization is in good hands. Yeah. And you could just cut me and Jamel a check. <laughs> Union released, and we can only just be responsible for Progressive Action Radio. <laughs> well, we moved this right into the Union Hall. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Right into the hall, baby. In the, in the condos. Yeah, in the condos. Probably in, probably in Samuelson's office now. <laughs> exactly, right, yeah. Oh, my goodness. You know what this reminds me of? DC 37, the talk show the talk that show, they have. Yeah. yeah, and I think it's, it's time for us to have a voice. You guys are giving us that voice, yeah, you know, yeah. and, and bringing people about and, and, and just, you know, kind of connecting because that's what's lacking here in this in this local. I told I told, connection. I told Jamel, you know, the thing that inspired me. Y'all two right here actually inspired me to, to get involved and How's do that? something, especially this one right here. When she came with that, I got this. I got that. I got that. Where she came from? I ain't seen her the whole day. <laughs> 
You know, what happened was that we were so into it and I believe in Joe so much and, you know, and, 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 and you had the right to say that, you know, and, you know, I'm, I'm quite shy about who I am, but I will defend him anywhere because I believe in him. So when you started, well, education and whatnot, I'm like, what? Let me let this guy know that's, that's that Joe has backing, you know yeah. what I mean? And, and, and then I didn't mean to be, I just, no, no, just no, came no. out. Listen, listen. You the, know? the Spanish came out of you. Of course. I, I, I totally understand. <laughs> <laughs> I totally understand. And, and you know... Um, and, but, but look where we are right now, you know? No, so it's, it was it's yeah. a connection that it happened, yeah. happened at that moment. Yeah, I'm glad that I went because Jamel was supposed to meet me there and I, some came up with you, right? Yeah, I forgot what it was that came up. I, I, oh, man, I, that's right. Some I, came I up and I was like, look, I'm going to handle this by myself. I'm going to see what's really going on here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I had speci- I was just focused on the education so much because I, I'm, I see when I started looking at Samuelson and them, I'm like, they don't, they not critically thinking. And one thing school teaches you at the base is to critically think. Mm-hmm. These people was doing crazy things. Crazy. And I'm learning, like, when I came to that shop gate, whatever it's called, I didn't know anything. Mm-hmm. I ain't have no none of this knowledge that I have now. So I learned all that from Jamel could tell you from then to now, basically. Right. And you know, Liz, I, I, I told Jamel that basically my experience in Primerica has basically brought my mind back then as far as seeing how businesses run. Mm-hmm. And you can apply that to even being in the union and doing things with the union because, see, I, to, I told him that these guys, you have to look beyond the contract and the bylaws because everything is not in the contract. You have to look at the laws that are associated with our jobs. Absolutely. You have to, you have to look. You, you, you have to look at politically what's going on across the country. You have to look at the trends. You have to look at all of these things play a role in our union and our rank and file and when we go to the table against the MTA because people need to learn the MTA, they can't just do what they feel like it and any and everything just can't be put in the contract. Exactly. You know, so that's what I mean by say, you know, you have to watch the news. You have to be like you said, Joe, proactive and not reactive mm-hmm. because these people are reactive. Yeah. Now, like I said, these people now, they're wiping the sweat off their forehead. Um, you know, recently with the, um, there was a judge that said, that ruled that, that um, Vision Zero, Mayor de Blasio's it's Vision Zero law is unconstitutional. Absolutely. So now the union is wiping the sweat off their forehead. They're Absolutely. Like, they goodness, failed. thank you. Yeah. But meanwhile, these guys, if it if it was constitutional, these guys wouldn't have no fight. You know, they didn't have no fight, and they didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. So now they're like, oh, God, thank goodness. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. another thing, right, I, exactly. didn't, I didn't know that Mike Staten was well-spoken. He speaks very well. Oh, yes. Staying. Oh yeah, 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 definitely, yeah, yeah. I, I was oh, like, of course, yeah. Yeah, Mike, Mike called me off guard, and he knows what he's talking about. You had a good team. I believe you was cheated. Oh, we were. I don't I know. believe that you. We lost. were. He was stolen. I know, but I, but I don't stolen. cry about it. We we should have kicked their asses so bad that there was no way to cheat us out of it. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, definitely. You had Harry Wills. You had Barry Roberts coming out of Map Store. You know, well, poor Harry, old Barry. Harry Wills was on the, on your slate too. He yeah. ran for yeah. administrative vice president. Wow. You know, poor old Barry. Right now, Barry, when when that. Seniority thing went down when they closed 126th Street and they, they dovetailed everybody. Barry popped out. Now, even people that didn't know Barry were like, wow, you know, who's this guy speaking up? In other words, not a lot of people were used to hearing people in the OA speak up, right? No, nothing against anybody, but, you know, usually that 
there's a, there's a whole different relationship between your reps and then like in my my division and my reps and and our members, and they were like, wow, look at that. Now who's that guy? Well, that's Barry Roberts. Now the people that knew Barry were like, Barry's back, and I I you know I had you know spoke to Barry and talked him into running with us, and you know I'm friends with Barry with Barry for a long time, and we always had respect for each other even when we were on separate sides, but. Barry spent six weeks on his back because he broke his knees. At right, I mean, right after he got back from vacation and still almost beat Richie Davis from his back. Can't walk. It was only in the 94 votes. That's right. And that was cheating. If ba- mm-hmm. and, and that was, <laughs> that was cheating. And uh-huh. Of course it was. And, 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 and if Barry had been around for those six weeks, he would have kicked Davis's ass. Oh, yeah. oh, of course. Of course. We're going to make sure that this voting thing is a little different. And it, how how our voting system is better than the, the union voting system? I don't like I said they they don't say nothing as long as as long as they keep the members hoodwinked and as long as the way as long as they can keep doing what they did in this in the last election then they're gonna keep on doing it. But I tell you this, what I do notice is that people are starting to wake up a little more. I'm starting to get more um, messages from strangers and people waking up little by little. It's two and a half years away from the next election and i think that we on pace to do something phenomenal i think that right now there's there's a couple of things i want to bring up now there's the 2017 convention um when when originally there was supposed to be a slate to challenge the lombardo samuelson slate and i was asked to be on it by the former president jim little i insisted that there'd be one um issue that we champion that has to be part of our platform and it was direct membership voting of international officers. Now, as the current system stands, only delegates vote. Now, you know the deal. Delegates in Vegas, they, they, they're on everybody's slate. It's like, yeah, everybody raised their hand. It's like a one-party system. Nobody can challenge the leadership. I mean, you go to try to challenge the leadership, you're not in the room. You know, nobody that's a delegate is running against anybody. There's no, there's no politics there. It's a complete waste of time you go there and then you 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 can't wait to get out of the room so you could start your vegas vacation until the next morning and (laughs) it's it's true it's it's i mean it's a constitutional convention so that there is supposed to be some kind of constitutional updates resolutions whatnot um what are we for what are we not for um okay, we don't like uh, the bombing of this place, and we say, like, okay, we don't like this. We don't like cops beating people up. Okay, we don't like that. And then, for the most part, everyone votes on that. Okay, drinking time. And, 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 and of course, the one day that everybody's waiting for is the election, where nobody's running against anybody. I mean, even in the, the 2013 convention would have been the first time that anybody challenged the president since Toussaint did it in 2001. And I was at that convention. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, that whole slave fell apart because Frank McCann, who works for Samuelson now, uh, dropped off the slate and killed the slate at the last minute. Wow. I mean, even, you know, Jeff Brooks still was going to, um, you know, jump ahead. I, I, I told Jeff I would support him he, uh, from Philly uh, to run for president. But it just we couldn't get a slate together and everything just kind of fell apart. Um, we, we, was, we still went to the convention, right, Liz? Yes, we went we there, and we supported anybody that wanted to run and challenge leadership. We were the, mm-hmm. um, we were the opposition suite. We had the opposition yes. clubhouse, and we supported anybody that wanted to step up there and run against them. We sure did. So we became the, uh, the opportunity for opposition. It was small. Nobody ran against the top. 
was mostly e-board here and there and a couple of vice presidents. But what we want to do is we want to give everybody opportunity in 2017 again to become opposition to this and, and, and to hear different points of view. So the platform we want to bring to 2017 and possibly 2018 is an electronic voting system um, getting away from the mail ballot that we do and getting away from the, the delegates vote that they do and have members across the country vote for the leadership, which would scare the shit out of the leadership. Yes, absolutely. If I was the leadership, I'd be scared to death of that. Yeah. Especially if I had to get up there and people had to see what I had to look, what I looked like if I was Zimbardo and Samuelson. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, you know, outside of the propaganda that they put out, they have to actually put their best foot forward and they ain't got one. The, the thing is that, so what we need to do is we need to get active everywhere, yes. including the international. International should be servicing this, our local. They don't do shit. All they do really is just suck off of us. I mean, even our president is sucking off the rest of the membership of the country, making $271,000 of their money to be the president over here. Yeah, yeah actually, 250000 and 16000 he getting reimbursed from the local. Okay. Local mm -hmm. 100, yeah. But it's equal to 271 or whatever. But it's the, this is the part of the show where we got to wrap up. Uh, we actually over our time. Joe, I don't even know why you say anything. You could be up here next week if you want. It don't matter to us. <laughs> but, Liz, we want you to lead the people with a final word. Yeah. Now, I want to hear why. Oh, yeah, daughter. Yeah, this is what we do, Liz. Oh, <laughs> my God. I, you know, it's funny because I was telling Joe that I always listen to, try to listen to every interview that you guys do, but I never get to the end. Oh, I'm sorry. So now I'm I sorry to hear that. Because she didn't know. She didn't know that she could jump to the end. She yeah, thought you got to listen the whole oh, thing over again. Yeah. I was doing that two and three times. But oh. anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm so glad to be here. I'm glad that you guys have this program. Um, I'm also pushing it out there. You know, I talk to people. You got to listen to this program because it brings about, you know, a different view. And, and, and you have good um, guests, you know, that actually bring about more than than just the nonsense that we hear on the floor. So I, I want to thank you for having me here. I know I didn't speak much, but you, know, you guys are doing a fantastic job. It just You have to come yeah. back. Oh, and, and I would love to. Next time we'll be more <laughs> uh, prepared. I just, uh, no, you was prepared. You know, yeah. you just got to get the jitters off. This is yeah. something new yeah. for you. Yeah, and, Joe is good at this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Joe. He's Joe, natural. <laughs> no, Joe was nervous, a little nervous at first, too, I think. Everybody yeah, my was. first radio show, I didn't know. <laughs> but after that second show, I'm like, oh, Joe was on it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Joe's like the unofficial official third host of the third show. Third host of the so show. So yes. don't, right. don't get dope people, <laughs> Samuelson people, do not get mad and say, oh, Joe was on the show again. I'm tired of y'all saying that. Joe is like the third host of the show. <laughs> and he comes up here when he wants to. He comes up here unannounced. And so he be up here before we be up here so exactly that's what it be. but it's but, but it's all good and we tell people that samuelson is welcome to come on here yeah we, samuelson lombardo all of them we, they're welcome to come here we email samuelson twice we ain't go chase you around <laughs> you know what i'm saying <laughs> we not go chase you around you you what one mistake that you could do you gonna let us get out of control and then you go try to do damage control and you ain't gonna be able to control the damage mm -hmm. and right now you're losing in that so i advise you to come up to the show 
Speak your piece. You smaller than us. I'll let you beat me at Scrabble. It'll be all good. I ain't got to worry about it. Yeah. You can beat me at checkers. Yeah, yeah check. Yeah. A, a game that nobody else is playing. Connect four. Tic-tac-toe. Yeah. <laughs> Pin the tail on the donkey. <laughs> Whatever you want to play. Just come up here and let's have let's have real talk. Let's have honest talk. Because oh, what you want to leave them with? Let's make it quick, man. Yeah. Well, I'm, I just want to leave it with, uh, you know, um, I wanted Liz to come on the show because I know that she's very knowledgeable and I know that, um, her, 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 you know, what she does for people in her business and what she does for me as, as far as, you know, as taxes and everything, it's all priceless. And basically, this is the aspect of things that people don't look at, okay? People didn't know that MapStore was a not-for-profit organization. People didn't know that MapStore was a subsidiary of transit. People didn't know that there was a 20-year legislation that ended back in 1983. You know what I'm saying? You know, I, I can remember as a kid riding with my dad, the side of the bus said it was spelled out. Excuse me, Manhattan and Bronx Surface Transit Operating Authority. Least to the, least to the Port Authority, which, which probably explains after the legislation ended which is the reason why those buses said that. You understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So all of these things that all of these things that we talk about, um, even I know um, there was even a discussion with a couple of dispatchers and, and, and uh, other people who I know. The way back in the days when the union was strong, running the union, that management came to them was given the oppor- and gave them the opportunity to make Map Store a civil service. That's a question that's going around, and 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 did you know like. And that the union dropped the ball on that back then, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's what I mean when I say the members need to know where they work at. The members need, it's not just about collecting a check, okay. Tremell and myself, we started Progressive Action. We're doing this, you know, to actually reach out to the younger tier six members, okay. Um, it's a beautiful thing to see people with seniority, you know, like you know, like the two of you, Liz and Joe, and and and, and, and Harry and, and Mr. T- and Roger Toussaint, and I can go on and on. The list is you know, the list is long. And we spending a lot of money doing this ourselves. This this is this is we got to do a fundraiser. This this, this, this isn't free. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. This no, isn't it's not free. free. It's not so free. So we spending a lot of money to give our information. So <laughs> we are not on no union payroll. <laughs> we are we are. Paying this with our underpaid MTA paychecks. I do not work audios and none of that craziness. And we're sacrificing <laughs> our time because we both have babies yeah. at home. Literally babies at home. So that's what I mean when I say we're sacrificing our time tonight. My baby's going to wake up at probably about 7 or 7.30 tomorrow morning. Well, in the morning. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I mean when I say um, what we want people to understand is we want this information to get out there. And we want everybody to be empowered. Okay, because knowledge is power. Okay, when you sit back and you just accept, you know, you just okay, yeah, the union will find a way. Yeah, Samuelson and them will make a way. You know, basically, no, that's not what's going on. You got to understand that what this current administration, everything that has happened under this current administration, with the again with the um, loss in service and the longer time on the wage progression scale and the um. Language in the contract not being properly, um, you know, written, you know, um, again, increase in the medical contributions, you know, or, <clears throat> you know, basically lying to the members saying that, well, 
this was the first time that members had to pay under you know after the strike the members had to pay for medical contributions which is all total bull everybody needs to pick up their contract and just thumb through it everybody needs to pick up their contract and just ask their union reps questions hold them accountable, accountable. because the bottom line is people need to understand our union dues pays their salary exactly. and everybody needs to understand that our union dues pays for those two and a half floors at 195 Montague Street okay and basically you know we've been talking about these Gil Martin houses because this again this is another thing that these people are not being held accountable for where's that 17 million dollars that that was um that they got for selling those houses you know what I'm saying so they got that, and they got the $6 million from the contract in a matter of two months. Okay, so that's what I mean when I say everybody needs to hold this union accountable, and everybody needs to step up and ask questions, and everybody needs to get involved, you know. That's the only thing. Um, I know it's redundant with me, and I say this every week about getting involved and knowing what's going on. You don't have to run for office. You don't have to be an elected rep. But basically, when these guys come around to the locations and they hold these so and they hold these so-called shopgate meetings, ask questions. Ask questions. Keep keep their stupid asses there for two or three hours. Okay. So what? They're gonna keep them there. Ask about why they don't do the employee recognition programs anymore. Anymore, yeah. Which is actually in the contract. And I said to myself, damn. They, you know, first of all, when they were doing it before, back in the days. Um, they used to pull off the road and go to ceremonies and get rings and watches and people you could used to bring their families to these award ceremonies for driving safe. These were incentives for staying accident free and staying out the boss's office. And basically, by the time I came along, it's been watered down to a big hero sandwich, a foot long hero sandwich in the de- in the, the depots. And then now it's watered down to they don't even do anything. Exactly. They don't do nothing. So that's what I mean when I say in, you know, there's no incentive to actually do the right thing. Their thing is discipline. These people have become a disciplined machine. Discipline. So that's what I mean when I say, listen, everybody just needs to wake up and just really see what's going on and start asking questions. Now, uh, that's basically what I'm going to leave the people with. All right. Thanks for um, tuning in tonight. Uh, follow us on Instagram, Progressive Action, Twitter, Progressive Act. Check out the website, progressiveaction.info. Thanks, Joe Campbell. Thanks, Liz Rodriguez, for coming through. And that's the show. Y'all enjoy y'all day. And we out of here. Peace.